All right, Toyota, everybody. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. A workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced technology to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available technology this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales events deals when you visit buy Toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome to another uh, episode of the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. I am just checking in on you. You're probably wondering, well, hey, man, like it's usually audio only. Why are you sitting here with your sky blue background? Because I have a very special guest. Honored to have the amazingly talented Wolfgang Van Halen on the podcast. What's going on, man? What's going on? Thanks for having me. This is uh this is a trip. Dude, that's you you're sitting in arguably probably the coolest room I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like it's not enough that you got drums and the guitars and what's that a Marshall stack? You also got the red lighting there, you got blue going on. It's a hell of a setup over there. It'll look really nice. And and you decided to fly into the sky for me, and that's that's yeah. great. <laughs> well, you know what it was? is I usually use this stupid black background that for some reason has these dandruff marks <laughs> on it. But then I also wore a black shirt and we were trying to figure out how to do it. Andrew's going, open up your shirt more, which it's weird. Then I'm like blindingly white. <laughs> I kind of look like a yin yang sign with my white skin and, and, the, and the black shirt. So anyway, um, I can't tell you what an honor it is to have you on this podcast. I saw you in 2007 at the Staples Center and uh, totally kicked ass. It was just an amazing show. And um, I remember what I remember from that show was forever. I had always, I'm a, you know, drum geek. I always wondered if Alex played, uh, was it Mean Streets? If he played that hi-hat with one hand or two. I got a buddy of mine claims the studio version was one hand. I'm like, how, how could you play it that fast? I'm, I'm pretty sure the studio is one hand. Like every now and then, I think it's just depending on how his hands feel. Does he do either way? But I, I think on the on, on fair warning, it's with one hand. The mystery solved. Because guess what, dude? I went to the bathroom because I was drinking back then. <laughs> so I'm in the bathroom stall. And I hear, and I would literally stall and I go, oh, no. Like I was going to take like a five-minute piss. And then some guy who was washing his hand goes, oh, no. Like mocked me and I felt like an asshole. <laughs> so anyway, all right. So you answered my drum creek question, which I was gonna save until the end. But we are oh, here to talk about away. Um, your new album that's out. That's I'm sorry, not that is is gonna be coming out. Uh, let me let me just read this thing so I don't screw up. <laughs> your band Mammoth, okay, Mammoth. Uh, it's set to release self-titled debut album on June 11th, day after my birthday, uh, via uh, X1 Records. Now available for pre-order on found.ee 
slash mammoth WVH. And, um, dude, I got to tell you, man, the tracks that I heard so far, absolutely killer. You have your own sound. It was completely not what I expected. And um, then I, I was reading the, the whole release on it that you played all the instruments and sang every note on it. And by the way, dude, your voice is ridiculous. Thank you. Especially when you get up into those higher registers, you're making me a little emotional, man. You're, you're an incredible singer. So I got to ask, was it, with your parents, was there music on both sides? Not really. Uh, it was kind of mostly on, on my dad's side. Um, That's amazing. See, because I, I was sitting there, because usually, you know, like if, if somebody, this is what I, I always compare it to like Michael Jordan's kids. They're like, well, how come Michael Jordan's kids never made it to the NBA? It's like, well, because he he he's half Michael. Like it's like drugs that have been stepped on. Like he bred with the wife. <laughs> oh, now, now instead of being six six two, he's only you know he's only like five ten five eleven. He can't go to his left. And opposites attract. So I figured Jordan maybe married some clumsy woman, and that's what ended up happening. But I was so just blown away with um 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 first of all the 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 first one that came out was a distance yeah um oh. sorry my i got my shit all over the place here uh don't worry about it what do you mean don't worry about it dude we you've been on this podcast for like 20 minutes watching me trying to click links to songs that i couldn't get to open and everybody else could listen to them and then all of a sudden i was coming up it's like do you have a password like, what is the password? It's just like, how come nobody else has to give out a password? So just want to make sure I get the name of the second song right. Uh, You're to Blame. Now, that's the one, when I first listened to it, I thought it was in an odd time. Just oh, because yes. of the, the, the phrasing on guitar. Uh-huh. And I had to listen to it for half a second. Then I just had to kind of snap to the snare. I'm like, no, no this is in four. Um, had a little bit of tool kind of vibe to it. Um, so how does one person, first of all, how the hell did you learn how to play all of those instruments that well? <laughs> Thank you. Um, most people would, and most, most people immediately go like, oh, well he had a good teacher. And, uh, that's not true. My dad was a terrible teacher. <laughs> I have a great, I have a great drum teacher and I suck. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I know Dave. He's, he's a buddy. Um, oh, okay. So. Um, how would so how would he go about teaching? one of the main one of the main things my dad taught me um uh, for drums which was the first thing i learned um was he he put a couple magazines on a table and with one he made me do like eighth notes and the other one do a snare right like if you do your foot in between the beat that the snare is doing it that's playing you can you can play highway to hell right now right and, uh as soon as he realized i could do it he was like fuck yes and he got <laughs> He got me a key drum kit for my birthday. Um, and then I played uh, to Van Halen Best of Volume 1 and Enema of the State by Blink-182 until I could figure out how to, how to play. Yeah. And I just kind of took it from there. And so it's almost like my dad just gave me a little nudge with everything. But then I kind of figured everything out as I went along. Yeah, because I got two kids now. And uh, my daughter actually, when she wants to, she's only like four. You know, when did you start? Uh, nine, ten-ish. Oh, okay, good. All right, I'm jumping the gun. Because that was one of the questions I was going to ask you, like, 
how do I expose my kids to music without forcing my failed rock star dream on them and yeah, make he never, he never forced it on me. It was kind of like he could see that if I was listening to a song, I could tap to the beat properly. Mm -hmm. And he was like, okay, he's, he's got it, you know, but uh, it wasn't until I was nine or 10. Okay. So I am jumping the gun. Cause she wants, she's all about her scooter <laughs> and her balance bike. And I'll be like, Hey, you want to go in? The, I got a little soundproof thing in the garage. You want to go in the garage and play drums? And uh, she's just like, nah, no, I don't, I don't think I want to. So when you're doing all of this stuff yourself, like, like what, what is your main instrument? Because you kind of, you just rip on everything. I started on drums. So I'd like to, even though I've never played technically in a band live on the drums, I'd like to think that it's my main instrument. Who know who your biggest influences on drums? <sighs> Obviously Al, you know, my uncle, right. uh, but you know, everyone for like John Bonham, uh, Danny mm -hmm. Gary, uh, uh, Gavin Harrison and drummer for Porcupine yeah, Tree. Porcupine Tree. Yeah. Drummer. Um, I went through a whole phase with him. Yeah. He's, he's got that cool setup. He's got the three racks and the two uh -huh. floors and yeah. all this stuff and those Crazy. cool little cymbal accents he has. Just the kind of drummers where it's like you can't even contain their awesomeness on CD. Like they're even better live. That's Gavin Harrison for sure. So have you ever written a song where you came up with like the drum, any, anything on this album where you just come up with like a killer groove and you're like, oh man, I, I got to record this. And then I got to like, cause, cause it always seems like everything is either starts on piano or then it, or it's, it, it's, it's, it goes, it's, or it's a guitar riff. Yeah. Usually, I never hear somebody like, Oh, oh, you know, this guy just was playing a killer drum beat. And I heard a whole song. Usually it, it, for me, I'm just like noodling around on my acoustic guitar and then it's like, Oh, this is cool. And then I go upstairs and go on the logic and dial in some sounds and come up with like a scratch drum track and, and record a little thing. And then I just kind of listen to that over and over again until I figure out where I want it to go. Um, now, is that like a thing? Do you, uh, when you come up with something, cause I find this with like writing, like I'll write something like a script mm -hmm. and I'll be like, dude, this is hilarious. I'm going to sell this. This is going to be the shit. And then like I get busy and I come back and I read it and it's like somebody else wrote it. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this shit? I, I don't even know what the rhythm, cause like right as you read it, like it's all fresh in your head, the rhythm of how everything goes. And then it's like somebody gave it to you I, and I can't hear the, the, the writer's voice anymore. And I'm like, this sucks. I can't believe I was going to send this out to somebody. Is writing a song anywhere like that? Oh, it's super similar. I think, uh, you know, sometimes you just, you have an idea you like, and then you come back to it and you're like, wait, that, that's fucking terrible. Uh, but I, I think a big thing is that like, sometimes if you're writing something and you get stuck, you can't push it like there were a handful of times on the album where i just couldn't figure out the right lyric for like a chorus or something mm -hmm. and after an hour or two of trying i just kind of gave up and was like i'll come back to it later and more often than not i'd come back to it and figure it out right away right or you yeah you're going, going driving down the street and you're like yeah, oh you shit you can only beat your head against the wall for so long <laughs> how long did now how that because that's a very mature point to get to somebody creating like how long did it take you to get when you were younger, would you just sit in like just lose a weekend trying to come up with two yeah, lines? It, it it took a really long time. I mean, I I started writing for this album that's gonna come out in June. Uh when I got off the second Van Halen tour I was a part of. So in twenty thirteen. So Wow. It's like Now was that due to like, you know, were you busy in your personal life or 
a lot of different things. Uh, you know, I was just, it was taking me a while to figure out who I wanted to be as my own artist. Um, and then there was the, the Van Halen tour in 2015. Um, and then I really slowed down around 16 up until now because of everything that happened with my dad. Right. And now, uh, what was it like as far as like, because, uh, you know, the, as we all know, anybody who ever, anybody who's been on the Internet, it's not the nicest place. <laughs> no. It is. like That's the funniest thing. Like, I am so sick of them just building up Joe's six pack. It's like, are you reading what Joe Sixpack is writing? I mean, it's someone like, and they're always like, you know, these people in the public eye really need to be taken down a notch. It's like, believe me, it's happening. <laughs> I I got a uh, I got a documentary that I helped produce with All Things Comedy, uh-huh. Comedy Central, and uh, Bondi Carlo about Patrice O'Neill. So I all I did was just say it was coming out, and like an asshole. I go, you know what? I'm going to check in on the comments. Now, most of them were positive, but you know, those aren't the ones that sticks with you. And some asshole wrote like, uh, I don't know, because he watched the trailer. He's like, I don't know. I feel like I've already seen this before. You know, I hope it goes deeper than, uh, you know, what what I've already seen. It's like, no, no, we did a superficial one. (laughs) We tried to make it as cheesy as possible. It's like, dude, you are already shitting on it. Before oh, yeah. even seeing it. Well, like, that's, I, I get that all the time. I mean, just all the time I've been dealing with that shit. Like even recently, somebody commented on one of the four second teasers I posted and was like, sounds like everything else. It's like, oh, wow, you can really judge a whole album by four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Although, you go on name that tune, man. You'd win a whole bunch of money. I think, but it turns into a game for me. Most people are always like, when I interact with with the shit, uh, people yes. message me and they're like, "Hey, man, don't do that. That's you know, you when you feed it, you know, it, it comes back to bite in. It only comes back stronger." And it's like, I've been here for a while and it has not gone away. So I'm gonna entertain myself and make jokes about it and point it out and shit like that. Like, yeah, it, it's it's almost like a puzzle. Like, I remember a couple of years ago, I put one of my favorite troll moments was like. Uh, it was a picture of my dad and I, we were at Six Flags, we were flipping off the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, uh, maybe it was his birthday or something posted and somebody was like, yeah, except uh, one is the fucking legend and the other one's just an okay backup musician. Oh. And I quoted it and I said, hey, my dad is more than just an okay backup musician. Yeah. It's it's you like know, a puzzle. Some, you just gotta try and figure out how to how to make make yourself laugh out of it or else. I know. Gonna... Do you know how many times I've started to respond and my fingers quivering, getting ready to hit send? I'm like, you know what? Just walk away. Oh, there are so many times where I've posted something. I'm like, that may have been a mistake, but we'll deal with. That's a problem for future Wolfie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I I think you know I've always wondered how um, people like uh, you know I, I watched like like Jason Bonham. You know, I'm old, man. So I remember when he came out with his band Bonham way back in the day. And it was just like, and I remember reading the articles and he was like into Stuart Copeland and all of these guys, a lot of these guys that hit after his dad had passed and everyone wanted him. They were sort of trying to steer him into this thing, you know, hey, just go do what, you know, 
but your dad did. It's like, no, I am a, I am intimately aware with, with, yeah. So like, um, did you have to talk to anybody? Cause you, you have a really chill, cool vibe. So I like, I don't know if you just naturally like that. Like, how do you not let, um, I mean, because you know, nobody loves failure more than someone who's never achieved something. <laughs> so they just are like, they're almost like, please fuck this up. Please fuck yeah. this up. I mean, I, I just, I've dealt with it for so, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I, I was, I joined Van Halen in, in, in 2006. Right. So I think that's about 13 plus ish years of being in in that limelight of that of, fun that fun spot yeah of people hey oh, let's no. take our day out on wolf <laughs> exactly <laughs> so at a certain point i just like i guess the 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 calluses builds up and you and you get ready to kind of like bounce it off and, and make a couple jokes about it um but yeah i mean i it's i, I went to therapy for a couple of years and you just kind of you get the tools you need to kind of laugh shit off i mean that's not the entire reason why i have fun with comments and stuff but it was more personal No, because i've seen you make a few comments it's like i think the self-deprecating we probably shouldn't be like reading from the playbook here <laughs> on this <laughs> this is how i do it you know what that reminds me of is people who have guns in their houses and then they go on the radio it's like you know what i got a shotgun right over the fucking <laughs> kitchen door i got two blah blah blah. it's like that's yeah, great buddy t t let him know what he needs to bring and where to, right. like, I don't need to bring a gun. I just got to get to that shotgun above the fucking door before he does. <laughs> um, so when you were uh, going through this whole thing, there must have been a point where you were going like, am I ever going to get this, this damn thing done? Yeah. I mean, there, there were so many moments that it was kind of, like I was in my own way. Like it took me a really long time to figure out how to, how to write lyrics. And that was a big holdup for me. Like the music right. came pretty quickly. Um, but by the time it was time to record lyrics, it was like, I only had, had a couple songs done that I was really happy with. Mm -hmm. And my producer was like, we're not ready. Like we finished recording these five songs and we have a bunch left, but it's like, we don't, we don't have it yet. So right or and since my producer's schedule is so busy there are a handful of moments where it's like all right i've got time and it's like i don't have the lyrics yet and it's like okay i'll see you in a couple months <laughs> right and there was you know maybe a year and a half of that time that kind of just like did nothing and then by the by what, would, what would that be like that feeling when he would say all right i'll see you in another couple months you just like Ugh. yeah it was just like fuck although there was one time where we were ready to go and I was going to fly to him in, in Orlando and uh, Hurricane Irma fucked that shit up for me. So it right. was, I was finally ready and it was like, God damn it. Fucking clouds. Right. Yeah. Is, is there is now, did you ever during this whole process, like was like seven years for this whole thing to get going, right? Yeah. Uh, dude, it took me like 20 years to get through college. Don't beat yourself up here. Um, this was my college. That's what I yeah. like to say. Is that it, like, I didn't go to college, but I, I, I guess uh, this, I can call this. Yeah, uh, I think you went to college and then a little bit of law school. Maybe a, <laughs> maybe a year of med school with seven years. But like, um, is there any, was there any time, what, what was the reason that you decided to do it all yourself and not go out and audition a band? And um, I wanted to see if I could. 
Um, right. And it's funny, uh, speaking of shitty comments, I got one comment where it was like, of course he's too selfish to not, not let other people play. And it's like, what a weird way to flip that around. <laughs> it's like, you're just going to no. fucking hate anything, aren't you? It's just, I just wish I could get to a place where I could just realize that's that person's childhood. <laughs> and it's not, I mean, dude, if I was a fish, I would be dead the first day. <laughs> the first hook I saw, I would, and that would be it. I fuck, I, like nobody takes the bait like me. Yeah. And, um, I, I progressed off of social media to then. Oh, I take like, breaks. It's, it's necessary. No, I mean, as far as like not come, I just talk about sports mm-hmm. and, and, and bullshit or whatever. Cause I mean, you can't even just say something uninformed now. Oh, no. Something uninformed now is just like people act like something racist happened. Oh, dude, I said I was going to be like, on- no, I just I said, said I something be- that wasn't right. And I thought it was. When I announced I was going to be on Kimmel, fucking the the QAnon brigade hit up and was like there was one person who was like oh man I'm super excited and then another person was like man why are people upset about this and then the next comment was all caps Jimmy Kimmel's a pedophile <laughs> it's like oh, oh yeah I uh, I don't know what that has to do with me I'm just you know trying to promote my my band on television can hey, you guys what level is the pedophile ring by the way I keep moving up and I just never seem I don't know who the leader is. Where, where is the yeah the mountains of coke and all of that? I what I see is just a bunch of people yes. working eighteen hour days, <laughs> missing their kids growing up. That's the level of show business that I've always been in. But you know, I guess there's creeps everywhere. But uh, you know what's funny is those same people probably will go to a go to fucking church. And if you're in my church, it's just like they they did that stuff. It's just that I don't know that the amount of. Um, the frustrating back and forth of that, uh, I'm, I'm trying to learn to let go. But um, when this when this album comes out, June 11th, the day after my birthday, which I think are going to be for the you. Two, yeah, that was for the you. Two, the two, I'm going to open for you. <laughs> Perfect. <Open> for you. <laughs> Making another dry ass cake for myself. <laughs> um, no, I made a birthday. I may always make sure I make a birthday cake. Uh, for my daughter and this year I have a son so I'm going to make sure every year that I do that with them and we're just trying to uh, you know do the right thing so I was a little sick she brought a cold home so we all to get tested to make sure it wasn't COVID it wasn't COVID and then when I went to make a birthday cake it says keep it in for 30 to 35 minutes my stove is a little moody like sometimes <laughs> feels like you know some some nights it wants to play some nights it doesn't right <laughs> some nights it phones it in so I was sick. So I was just like, all right, I'm taking out 32 and a half minutes. I didn't check and I didn't do a taste test. And then all my relatives came over and they all ate it. And just oh. the silence I've been into, it, I was just like, this sucks. And everybody's like, ah! every, you know, you know, when people it like, try- good. It's good. but you know, when everybody's voices go up into falsetto, it was just, I was just like, I'm going to go and eat then- outside. I was just like, I am not going to ruin my daughter's birthday by pouting that the cake that I made, this is not about you, Bill. So I didn't say anything. And so the next day I apologized about the cake. Everybody said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. You're too hard on yourself. You're, you're, you're overcritical. It was fine. And then guess what happened? The fucking cake sat there and nobody else took another slice. (laughs) (laughs) And I just kept eating it because I didn't want to waste it. This is my shame. And I would eat it, and my wife would be going, what are you... I'd be like, oh, this sucks. And she goes, so why are you eating it? It's just empty calories. I'm like, I told them to throw anything out! 
<laughs> so I end up yelling at my wife because I made a bad kick. It's just fucking, it's ridiculous. So, um, so anyway, so now you, you made this thing yourself fucking crushed it. But, and I saw in the press release that you're going to have, uh, that you, you know, you're going to get a band together, obviously go out. You're going to do, um, Jimmy Kimmel. When, when is uh, the Jimmy Kimmel and, and good morning America and the whole press tour going down? Um, well, if this, if this is Thursday, then right. Kimmel will Thursday is be Thursday next week. Yeah. Can then Kimmel, the future man. Yeah. Then Kimmel will have happened a week ago. Uh, today. Oh, shit. I want to compliment you on crushing it on Kimmel. <laughs> and good morning. America is, or I'm fuck the today show, the competitor show, sorry. we're talking about. Maybe we can edit that. Uh, no, it's, all right. it's all right. <laughs> Do you ever, have you ever done one of those morning shows? Not like I, I did. I did the Today Show when Distance came out, and I talked to Carson Daly. And he did was, you have to sing on it? No, I was not nowhere near ready. It took me forever to figure out how to get ready to sing. Because I've noticed, like I've done, you know, I used to do the Opie and Anthony show, and they would have these amazing musicians come in, and they would always be like going, like, "Fuck, man, I got to sing at eight in the morning." I think COVID uh, has been, uh, it's ironically in terms of my nervousness, uh, a lifesaver because. Uh, I'm not in the studio, like ready to do it. It's all zoom and stuff. Right. And, uh, it would sound really shitty. What sort of like, before you were to go do a show, what sort of nerves? Oh, it's not, uh, just like my dad, my dad had crazy nerves. That's why he would drink, you know? Isn't that funny though? Like the best guys, I think the reason why they're the best is because they still think that they're not good. Oh yeah. That's very true. So he was, so he, his routine was he, he'd have a couple of pops. What would you do? just be really nervous and deal with it somehow <laughs> all right what was it like the first night you got you got to step in for michael anthony charlotte north carolina in 2007 um <laughs> you sound like a vietnam vet denang 68 December, i think <laughs> uh, all right was- so you're sitting backstage and you're just like i, I mean obviously you rehearsed the songs a million times when when it came to to al dad and i we we rehearsed everything to death like it, it became boring and mm-hmm. i enjoyed that because i could focus on another level on top of everything. like it was all automatic at that point right now when you say you you guys rehearsed like until it was like how, how long did you rehearse how many hours a day how many days a week how does we that go down get together every day monday through friday maybe even saturday um couple hours five or five hours a day maybe just run through the set list twice or three times so you basically are playing the concert oh yeah twice. holy shit and how long did you do that before you when you started feeling like you were locking in you were settling you were settling you felt like a, yeah, I'm, I'm a part of this rather than well the very first sort of was that was kind of in 2005 before there was ever even any plans like Al and dad were just in the studio before there was ever even any plans like Al and dad were just in the studio jamming and I picked up a bass one time and then we started jamming and it was like oh this is kind of fun and then I went home and I made a list it's still hanging up at the studio uh I made a Van Van Halen trio jams list with Hagar songs 
Roth songs, just whatever, just different Van Halen songs. Anything outside of the uh, the Van Halen world? Just, just no, it was just, it was just VH songs. And uh, we just, I came back, I learned them that night, came back and we just started playing them. And it was maybe a month or two or a couple months or something where we realized like, hey, this is pretty fucking cool. Uh, and then I, we all- Wait, I'm confused. Were you from the beginning in the band or you just started jamming and that's- Oh, hey, yeah, jamming for fun, you know? Uh, Cause at that point, you know, I, I don't know all the, the details on-, on Dude, I can be honest with you. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Okay. I love everybody that's been in that band and I just want everybody to get along. Mike, Mike, I don't is want you great, to... Mike is a great fucking guy. And I, I can't tell you what happened between my dad and him. All I can say is that it's like he was kind of over here and my dad was kind of over here. And honestly, I don't blame him because my dad was, he was going through a really rough time during those times. So I can understand why Mike did right. that. And I guess dad took that as, well, okay, fuck you. I'll, I'll just be jamming with my son over here then. And that's when he got sober. And, and then it was kind of like me being around was that thing that kept him to be not as nervous. Right. And, that's but, something, man. I never, he, cause he had such a relaxed, cause there was all those guys. Like I, I always felt like, uh, that your dad was so misunderstood <laughs> as a player. Like my general, like I came, uh, what was Van Halen one? Uh, 78. So when I really started becoming like aware of, you know, once I got out of the records, my parents bought me like sing along with Mitch Miller and the gang and <laughs> Lawrence Welk, Winchester Cathedral. Uh, once I got out of that, <clears throat> I think I had like Aerosmith's greatest hits was the first one because I heard Walk This Way and I thought it was the coolest song because he was singing so fast, or at least what was considered fast back then. Um then I got into all metal and that type of stuff. And like, looking back, like, I just felt they misinterpreted, like you're, because they didn't have his talent, they just sort of interpreted it as, here's a solo, play as many notes as you possibly can. And just like, a, a, you know, an ad, but nobody was like saying anything. There's a little bit of that. I feel like when I watch um, a lot of drum videos now, like these kids can blaze, can blaze, but every time they're playing a groove and it sounds great and then they go to do like a fill, everything sounds like 30 second notes. Yeah. It's like, bash. And it's just like, it's just- can I show off in, in this one area? All right, Toyota, everybody. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. A workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced technology to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available technology this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales events deals when you visit buyatoyota.com Toyota let's go places all right, everybody, we got to read a sponsor here. 
All right, everybody, it's Roman. You know, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off. Hey, you know, whatever, had too much whiskey. Or blame ourselves saying things like, I just lost my, my mojo. You know, I had uh, too much cognac. Um, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. Well, wait, a, why can't you say that? Maybe that's true. Not allowed to have a long day at work, you know? It's not like you're a woman, you just lay there. I mean, we got to go to work here. It's like a second job. Sorry. Um, but with Roman, it's easy to talk about. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. Yeah, dude, if your dick isn't working, you just got to go in. You got to look them right in the eye. Oh, actually, on this, you don't, right? You got to call them up. Uh, with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation, evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction. All from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A uh, healthcare professional will work with you uh, to find the best treatment plan. If medicine is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash burr and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle. Well, yeah. I mean, it's easy to tackle if it's standing up straight. Get your arms around it. Um, if, <laughs> if approved, sorry, I'm immature. Go fuck yourself. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash burr, getroman, R-O-M-A-N.com slash burr, B-U-R-R. There's one guy too, because there's, there's one, there's one that I follow where they just always read. It's sort of like this hub of awesome young drummers. You know, men, women, every from me around the planet. And there's just some incredible players. And there's just one dude. I don't know what the deal is. They post him like every single day. And he does like this ridiculous independent polyrhythmic shit. But it all, it's just always like one, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> it just sounds like, you remember that Steve Carell thing where Liar Liar and Jim Carrey was making him talk? Oh, yeah. Like you could no. literally put him doing that over the drum solo, and it would and it would be and it would it match. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was one. It did did uh, what I liked about the songs that I heard was the air and the space in it. Um, you know, it's just like. Is is that something that just like like you said you said you said that your dad wasn't a good teacher which is kind of funny to me. Yeah. Well, it's just like I, you know how they how you know like Einstein couldn't tie his own shoes and shit like he was too right. for his own good. Right. And dad would just be like, "Do this," and I'd be like, "Fuck you! I can't do that. You're Eddie Van Halen." Like, yeah. Because you do it slower. He proceeds to be Eddie Van Halen in front of me when I ask him how to how to play something. It's like, okay, well, there's a big line between beginner, twelve year old Wolfie asking how to play something, and fucking Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> so, at what age were you? Were you were you kind of like, hey, my dad's kind of good at guitar. Just walking around the house and like, he's yeah, just strong. I, I I never really realized a moment because I, I had been, you know my my mom took me to shows since i was like three there are videos of me like running up on stage 
just this random three-year-old probably pissing off the audience going who the fuck is this kid i want to see more guitar you know but uh well what did they this is a dumb this is not a dumb question but what did they do for uh hearing protection because i i that this ear here is the, like, all the kids got the like the big like cans where you just can't hear yeah the, the leaf blower yeah exactly things oh all right that's interesting all right can i ask one more uh alex drum geek question oh, i'm gonna no. try to slip we're, in as many as i possibly can <laughs> of course go um all right did he play ludwig in peisty cymbals because he was into bonham even though he didn't sound like him he had his own sound or because i know he started playing before um i mean well they started they pretty much started when they were kids in the late 50s early 60s they started playing together so that was zeppelin didn't come out till 68 and i know that ludwig was the cadillac of drums but it was sort of zildjian it seemed like european guys would get the peisty stuff and american drummers would have the zildjian stuff mm-hmm. and when he came out i remember looking at his drum kit thinking he was going to be a bonham guy and then he sounded nothing like him yeah. I really um, which, which i thought was an a major a major accomplishment absolutely because I, of the, oh, the giant footprint credit, you know it's oh, hard. I think I think he's one of the most underrated drummers of all time. It's just simply because everyone was so watching your dad. Yeah, it's like just look over here for a second, you'll see how fucking great <laughs> you see how amazing he is. Yeah, it's- even like the simple stuff like simpler songs, the creativity that he had in it, the uh uh finish what you started, oh, all sort cool. of that offbeat yeah. stuff and every time like whenever I try to air drum to it, I always think it's going to be snare and then it's his kick yeah. and then I then I lose where one is. And then he comes out and it's just like, uh, or even like that, like a pop song, like jump, like his, like when they're going in the course, like his like symbols and like the, the fills that he does in that bell thing. Like I was trying to, my arms are getting crossed up. Like how the hell does he do this? That song is tricky. Like you think jump, you think of jump and it's like, Oh, simple pop song. It's got some, some left turns in it for sure. And then that little double bass lick towards the end, which I've never been able to figure that out. <laughs> All right, last one. Hot for teacher. Does he play that intro with his feet or is that with floor toms? I'm pretty sure it's floor toms because it was uh, you know, it's the uh what is it? The the roto toms or whatever? The, right. The electric the kit. Oh, okay. That, or they were like electric uh toms that he played on 1984. And I think at least the way I would always do it is, and I think it's a clear indicator when you're listening to it because he kind of starts off with his hands doing the. Oh yeah, dude, and that fill he does in where he goes up the tongs. Oh, grabs the sound. Oh my god, that's my favorite, dude. That makes my hair stand up on my to this day. It's just like my big my big success today is I drove my daughter to school today and she said thirty eight special. And she goes, ACDC, what does that mean? Because she thinks it spells something. <laughs> and then she goes, Dad, because I was playing back in black. Yeah. She's going, uh, she said something. These guys, this music is crazy. Because, you know, Brian just like screaming. Oh, he's, just like a, he's screaming, yeah. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, is this guy? I go, but do you like it? And she goes, yeah. Awesome. So I'm like, all right, this is really cool. Because my wife is like, she grew up on like, you know, hip-hop and new jack swing and all that janet jackson stuff so i feel like when she goes to school it's like two different yeah. completely different djs or whatever that's funny yeah um, it was my dad and i's band we we bonded over over power rich big time 
That was like our. Album. I know. It seems like every musician, like that's their, that's their favorite one. I got to think, what is my favorite AC? I, I, it kind of changes. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know what my my big thing is over the last few years. You know, I think the Power Rage album is of the Brian Johnson era. I used to say Flick of the Switch, but now I actually think uh, for those about to rock is one of my favorite sounding. Oh, it's that's, that's a clean album. And okay. Phil Rudd on COD. Oh yeah, is just like in, in insane. So, all right. So I saw this thing like uh, I'm, I sort of like mainly play drums, but I mess around on guitar. So something easy like Thirty Eight Special, hold on loosely. <laughs> and I, I saw the guitarist talking about how he was listening to um, that car song with "I Don't Mind You Standing Here." So the guitar is all like eighth notes. So he was playing around with that, and then came up with that da na na. And then he just sort of, yeah, now that's an approach. And then I hear other people like, oh, I just woke up and I just heard this thing. Is songwriting, because I, I would, like, if you told me, like, you're, you're, you're going to jail unless you can write a song, like, I just, I, I, just give me, you know, cuff oh, me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you put a gun to my head, it'd be like, well, give me a second. I got to go through these ideas I have on, on my voice memos, and maybe that, this one will be good. I don't know. But there's a funny thing. There's the third song on the album, I think, is mm-hmm. called Epiphany. And that was the demo title because it came out of nowhere. And it, the title just kind of st- stuck. <laughs> so do you do you um, you just noodle around and, and or you'll you'll like like hear yeah, something watching the TV, you got an acoustic guitar or something and then something hits and you're like, oh, fuck. And then you pull your phone out. So you're absentmindedly playing and then something like catch. That's that's amazing, man. I, cause I, I feel like musicians and songwriting it's like wizardry like doing what i do you see somebody do something stupid and then go you ever see these guys do that what the fuck's up with that I mean, it's pretty it's, it's pretty basic <laughs> and not to I mean, mention we're hiding behind like instruments and shit you got to stand up there and fucking just womb with words that's terrifying uh i'm not gonna lie to you it is <laughs> it is but it is not as terrifying as a, a few other things there's a few. There's, there's some other things that I've done that are a little scarier <laughs> than yeah. that. Um, but I don't know. I don't want to toot my own horn. But I, I, I got a pilot's license, and the other day I finally soloed this helicopter. And you got to, you got to set it. I had to set it down on a helipad, Holy which shit. looks gigantic when you're looking at it. But then when you're coming into it, and there's like a four wheeler attached to it, and all you're thinking is, don't hit the four wheeler. Don't hit the four wheeler. Well, don't think about hitting the four wheeler because then you hit it like that type of shit. Um, and it's it's like through doing stand up and having to be like, that's David Letterman over there. And I'm going to completely ignore that so I can focus <laughs> and not forget my act. Yeah. And um, you learn like those compart- compartments. I don't know how to say it. You compartmentalize stuff. Um, I'm kind of into uh, like people having breakthroughs. Cause I'm really trying to, cause like, I'll be honest with you, dude, like that, that video you had, you know, w- with your dad and everything. I was like, Jesus Christ, he was an even better dad than he was a guitarist. And it's like, like, I want to be like that. So when you were having the problems with, um, like coming up with like lyrics and stuff, I, I would, I would have to think like, that's like where I can, I can hide behind comedy. Being, hey, I'm the guy, I don't, you know, you know me, I don't give a fuck, you know, so I don't, I can keep everybody like that. 
how like you guys really like I, I couldn't imagine being in a band and they 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 come in with the riff and you're the lead singer or whatever and you get and it's and it's sounding like a love song <laughs> and then you got to go up to, to the mic and start singing about some chick you love and you're and like i would be afraid to look at anybody they'd be like the fuck kind of shit oh yeah you, I mean, you were gonna sing about heroin what are you what the hell are you talking about well that's the first time i've really felt like this because with van halen you know i'm just in the background playing bass right. but but with this it's like this is my life and and, and my heart <laughs> I, I i put into into this and so it's like when people go like this fucking sucks it's like that hurts a little bit more than 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 it did before because <laughs> you're saying you don't yeah me. but you know you deal with it Dude, it's a killer record man fuck those people i swear to god and then you know what the reality is is if you really do the math it's not that many people that do that shit that's, but, that's um, my dad would always say you know because there were so many people at least early on that were convinced i wasn't even playing and it was just like my dad put me up there and it was all the thing. <laughs> And at first that hurt, but then eventually it was like, wait a second. So what did they think? Did they think Michael Anthony was sitting in the corner on punishment know, backstage? Man, whatever fits their their agenda. But I took it as a compliment eventually, because that means it sounds so good that they can't imagine that it's not tracks. So, right. but he would always say, he's like, listen, Wolf, whenever whenever the album comes out, if if those fucking people don't get it, they never will. And uh, right. That always stuck with me where it's like this is like fully me so it's like i i if i've been if i if i've been coasting on a lie my, these last 13 years i don't think i can hide it for much longer yeah so <laughs> um what was something else i want to ask okay so let's talk bass players okay so who influenced you like who's like your top bass player that uh as far as like Justin Chancellor from Tool is is oh awesome. wow, um, him and Les Claypool are are probably they're super different bass players, right? But, uh, but then you got you know like Tony Levin, you know he plays with he's, oh, so many people, but I I, I don't him. I don't know Tony Levin. I'm an old guy. Who is he's that? Peter Gabriel. Um, not oh Justin. okay, I should have known that one. He's a fucking incredible bass player. Um, and uh, he's done so. Just look him up. So many. Can movies. you just figure shit out? Because I always have to go on like YouTube and watch somebody learn stuff by ear. Yeah. I should have done that. Because <laughs> I feel like you're just like illiterate if you go the uh, the other way. All right. Well, well I, we we've uh, we've talked about music a lot here. So what what are what are your uh, what are any other interests you have? Are you a sports guy? Did you watch the Super Bowl? Did you I predict did, Tampa but... Bay like me? I, I, I did not. I, I'm not. My mom would be the one to talk to about that because she's a fucking rabid Saints fan. And I'm oh, sure she, she, she's from New Orleans? No, she isn't. She, she, she lived in Shreveport. And since they were technically in Louisiana, uh -huh. she began to root for the Saints because everybody root for the Cowboys there. Uh, so my uncle, Patrick, and her would then, then became diehard Saints fans. And what year did they become diehard Saints fans? Oh, man. I don't know. A long time ago, seventy. So she—that's legit. Yeah. Because once Drew Brees got there, and it was, she's legit way before Drew Brees. So what? Uh, how nuts did she go when they won in two thousand nine? Oh. When that dude picked it off, pick six, took it to the house. He's uh, growing up. Growing up, I hated football because 
every Sunday it would be the loudest day in the house because my mom is a very loud person. For being That's so fucking school. hilarious. She's so fucking loud, dude. It's it's crazy. And was your dad into football at all? Or no, yeah, he didn't give a shit. He was just kind of like, yeah, cool. Like, so it, she's over there screaming at the TV. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Pass interference. She does the. He's the, over there, you know, working on the next eruption. That's a hell. <laughs> Yeah, yeah she she can do that that like under the tongue finger whistle thing it'll fucking kill you man it's, oh yeah you know when you get a couple of kids you learn how to whistle as a dad because at some I, point I, I you I just gotta <laughs> knock it off <laughs> you just <laughs> it's the only thing you, you gotta have like that you gotta have the dad my my dad had a snap <laughs> it was the loudest thing dude it was like there was reverb yeah up to this thing because it was also we would go to church every sunday and inevitably we would either start fucking around or or, or get into a fight or something and, it, and we were always thinking that we were keeping the decibel level low enough where he didn't hear it and then at one point he would just be sitting there like this and then he would just stick his hand out and just whistle bash right and then we were all just like and we we're like oh shit this car ride home is gonna suck <laughs> um all right. Well, let me let me make sure that I did the whole uh, the whole the proper promo of this. Yeah, sure. June eleventh, right? Uh, that's not the fucking thing I wanted. Andrew, what, when am I just going to learn to print things out instead of having all these windows? Isn't there something you can do? You swipe with your thumb, and then all of a sudden it all comes back. Oh, there we go. Um, this is another thing too about it. Like, there's thirteen tracks on this thing. At any point when you were doing this album, when you got like seven years in, were you just like, is this my Chinese democracy? Like, am I going insane in here? Should should I just that joke? I I I heard that Chinese democracy many right. times. Um but sorry. I'm no. a <laughs> uh but uh yeah, there I recorded way more ideas that weren't hundred percent finished for it. So it was really tough to figure out what, it, what I wanted on, on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, after dude, I made like a hundred playlists. My uncle Patrick and I were like listening for the flow and like each song that went into each other and it took us forever, but we finally reached the current album as it is. And I'm really, I don't think I've ever worked that hard on anything. I have a thing where I just like, my shit's coming. I'm a micromanager. I, I, I go nuts over, over like, I am a perfectionist with this because it's the hardest I've worked on it, worked on anything. Do you think um, your next one will come quicker or be quicker? Way yeah. Quicker. Yeah. Cause I, now not... the next one, do you think uh, like, say you go out on tour, mm-hmm. right? Say this COVID thing ends, right? And we can all leave the house. Mm-hmm. You go out on tour. Um, you, I mean, you're opening. Remember? Oh, is that right? I'll, I'll open for you. <laughs> I'll stand. That's one of the worst gigs ever. <laughs> it's one of the worst gigs ever for a community opening for, for a band. Oh yeah. It's like we came here to boo music before the guy we wanted yeah. to see. We're now we're just some dude, some dude talk. Yeah. Well, the thing the thing that will save me is if um if it's in a smaller club. Like I um I used to open for Winona Judd and she played big places and you know every night it was just like some nights it went good and then other nights you know, okay, uh, I was joking, but if you're serious, let's, let's do it, man. If you, if look, if you want to do like a, like a, Hey, let's just do one live show before yeah, we'll we go LA. out. 
then or like before? I, I would absolutely. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go up there dressed like one of those old, you know, like the local DJs <laughs> who used to, who would like pump up the, like they would pump the single. Yeah, so yeah, then they yeah. get out there and be like, Boston, you ready to run? Hey, guys. You heard him on BCN. Yeah. <laughs> I opened for, uh, let's see, Wyonona Judd. And then one time I opened for Queens of the Stone Age, but it was at a small oh. club. So it was really cool. That's awesome. So, and it was, and they were nice. Josh and the guys were nice enough to keep it lit. So when people shit on me, you know, the whole game is you hit, you have to, you have to like, you ever see like those hornets go into like, like nests of like honeybees and they just, they, they got their things and they just chop heads off. You have to do that in that gig. It's like, you just, there's three people and there three people give you shit. There has to be three heads on the floor <laughs> within two seconds of each or else the whole thing is just going to turn and everybody's oh, going to yeah. take their day out on you. Oh, big time. Um, so fortunately I went in there. There was just one chick, you know, just running a yap. And those are the hardest ones. Mm-hmm. Good looking chicks, good looking white chicks. There's 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 it's kryptonite. There's no way to shut them up. No one has ever told them to shut up in their we'll life. No one say something that'll piss them off. What's that? You'll inevitably say something that'll piss them off. I don't think they even or they're hear... just so drunk that they don't they just want to hear their own voice. Well, if I go like literally like like will you shut the fuck up? You're ruining the whole show and then the crowd cheers, they think the applause is for them. Like that's that's how pretty they are. It's like they, they live oh, in this applause must be for me. Yeah, they can't I am so good looking, I can't hear criticism and it's just like I, I kind of dealt with that. You know what's so funny is when someone really fucking annoys me, I I I never quite forget what they look like. Like I just have like you know you know like you can get this Zoom chat. There's these Zoom faces. Oh, dude. I have like there's a half dozen. There was That's this funny. fucking asshole when I was in um, the old punchline in uh, in Atlanta. It's fucking jerk off. It was one of these deals where the stage was only like six inches high. And he came down. He was sitting in the front row. He's one of these guys like he was like, I don't know, probably my age now. But I was like in my late 30s. And he he still had a button down, you know, really tight. And he had like the, the you know, the dad bod. But he's still showing off the gun, still lifted. So <laughs> and uh, and he had these stupid penny loafers with no socks. And he had his feet on the stage with his legs crossed, just sitting oh, there. Yeah, I, I felt like I was performing at his birthday party in his backyard. So I asked him, I said, hey, man, can you take your feet off the stage? He's like, oh, it's not doing it. He just wouldn't do it. So I kept shitting on him, and it just kept escalating and escalating. And I'm a, you know, I'm a pretty angry guy, but back then, <laughs> I, I, was, I was a lunatic. And it escalated to the point that uh, he ended up getting kicked out. And I remember when he got kicked out, he stood up really deliberately and like sort of made a half a step towards me and then went up on the stage and went around. That was his last little passive aggressive thing. And I was standing there. I usually lean on the mic stand. I actually was standing there with the mic and I had the mic stand like this, you know, mic stand's got a nice bass on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I probably would have blown out my rotator cuff, but I I was going to fucking, I already had it worked out. It was like, I am going, I'm going to go mid body because I don't want to get sued. I'm just, (laughs) This, this needs to get is, the anger out in some portion of his body. Yeah, this thing is metal. This is not wherever I hit him, he's going down. He's too fucking old. <laughs> and um, and every yeah. once in a while, like when I think the exact club is no longer there, 
uh, I guess I don't give a shit about it anymore. I've let go of a lot of stuff. I'm kind of happy with it. That's oh, why you, I'm like, yeah, you you learned to to laugh at it. I I remember uh, in San Jose, I think it was the either 2012 or 2015 tour, mm -hmm. um, and uh, the entirety of the show. It was kind of a lower stage. It was kind of like if you've ever been to Red Rocks in Colorado. Yeah. Like age kind of or like Hollywood Bowl, you know, because we played Sheds on the last tour. I bombed there. <laughs> I was doing the comedy works and they tried to bring that up. They brought co comics out there that like we went on after some animation video and then there was a band and it was just was not what I wanted it to be. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Um, and uh, some guy throughout the entirety of the show, he was in, like, in the sixth row, like eyeline with me, was flipping me off just like woo, the whole the whole fucking time. And in between every break, uh, I would go to my tech and be like, hey, there's a guy flipping me off and it's really distracting and he's really rude uh and i just wanted to tell you that <laughs> and he's like just ignore it you know and then the next break i, I started thinking because like i don't ever want to be a dick you know i i like to be a nice person well, how, no wait 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 how yeah. would you be the dick in that situation that i mean how long I guess that's the way my brain operates is that i didn't want to want people to think i was a dick for trying to like throw somebody out or something but yeah, oh yeah 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 that's that's a the whole time so i after the second or third break, I went to my my tech and the security guard was there. I was like, hey, is it okay to throw somebody out if they've been flipping me off the entirety of the show? And they're like, fuck yeah, where is he? <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, he's in the sixth row. He's wearing a dream, th dream theater shirt. He's balding, gold chain. <laughs> I, can, I can see it, I can see it. Sticking out like a sore thumb. Oh, absolutely. And the second two, security guards start walking down the aisles you see him like wow and they didn't find him the first time they're like we have no idea where he is and i was like he's got the gold chain he's in like the how many people are wearing a fucking dream theater t-shirt i've never seen one in my life <laughs> and uh yeah and then they eventually found him. i see one in my life <laughs> and uh yeah and then they eventually found him and uh i think it was around near the end of the show like around ice cream man or something and as they're taking him out, he turns around one last look and I was on the side of the stage and he turned around. I was just like, enjoy the parking lot, dickhead. Great. It was, it was worth it. What's, I, I the, worst, what's it. the worst? Is that the worst heckler or whatever that you that had? That was one of the worst. There are other scarier ones where like a handful of times people would shine a, uh, a laser pointer at me and you don't know what the fuck that is. So that, that shit's really scary. <laughs> But Dude, can I tell you something that takes me back to this fucking this this bullshit hero of Joe Sixpack <laughs> that the only way to be the asshole is if you're the guy on stage. Exactly. And yeah. you're sitting there going like, hey, man, you know, kind of a guy flipped me off. It's a little distracting. I mean, you're sitting there trying to give people a show. This is work. I don't come to fucking Burger King and knock the dicks out of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's like a classic uh, stand up comeback. I think you. I think you'd have to say uh, a gay bathhouse, because now you now you might get sued by Burger Kings. Like that's we're not true, sucking dicks true. down we can, here. We're, just, we're making that. burgers, and <laughs> they're flame broiled and they're better than McDonald's. Um, but yeah, people, you know, you don't know if that's a gun. Like I hope not, but it's like there's been people killed on stage before, and yeah, I think there are enough Van Halen fans that might be crazy enough to hate me so much that they want to kill me. I'm terrified of that shit. You know, right. But it's my job, so I gotta go up there anyway and just hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> and when people, I just can't lights, imagine doing that to somebody in your situation. 
And then also your dad is right there. Well, there's like, a lot of people I don't think through, you know, they're huge fans of my dad. They idolize him and they, and then the next minute they go tell his son who is dealing with the loss of his parent that he's a piece of shit. And it's like, there's a weird lapse of judgment in that whole process that I don't understand. No, I've seen like, like, uh, musicians, sons of musicians who are great players. And it's just like, yeah, hang it up. You're not as good as your dad. It's just like, oh, you mean, you mean his dad who's dead? That guy, that's, that's the guy like what, what, in what world it's really is like the, uh, the internet's a really fascinating place where, uh, you, you kind of see that a lot of people just never grow up. Like, you know, when you're a little kid and someone's just like, I don't like your face, you know, just, you just don't know not to be that rude. <laughs> That's the internet for sure. Yeah. They, I feel like they go back to like um, outdoor recess when you were like in <laughs> first, second, third grade, when you were really at your meanest. Yeah. When you didn't understand words effect, but you knew enough of the English language to really go for it. Um, I'm just, I don't know. I think because, it's a combination of where the narrative is. And then it's also, uh, money. So I feel like, and, and corporations have really given the, the you know, a, a handful of assholes, all of this power that I didn't like that. And that offended me. It's, you know, for some reason they can't just be happy making $999 million. They got to get that one more dollar to make a billion. So it's like, all right, we're just going to flush. Exactly. This friggin' artist. So, all right. Lastly, here before we um, before we wind down, first of all, I want to say it, it's so great to meet you. It's a pleasure. And man. I I I I really love what I've heard so far. Of the album is like I mean that's for people listening. How I ended up um, getting in touch with you was I heard I heard that um, oh god my fucking memory. <laughs> what was the second song that I heard that I I, I didn't know if it was in four. You're to blame, right? Yeah, you're to blame. I heard that. I was like, what the fuck? It made me want to go play drums. Okay, so that's, and it also made me fantasize. That's another big thing with me. When I drive down the street and I listen to music, whatever the coolest instrument or singing, I am in. I am that person. <laughs> Doing it in front of everybody I know. And they're all like, wow, we didn't know you had this talent. It's embarrassing, <laughs> but that's what I do. So I somewhere, I, I reached out to you and just said, dude, that, that sounds killer. And that's like, this really came like this. This was not like a, uh, Hey, you got uh, this amount of followers. Will you interview this guy? I am a legit fan. So I am hoping to see you and your band live. I hope this, this album gets what it deserves. And, um, the last thing I wanted to ask you, how optimistic I'm making everybody be a COVID weatherman here. Yeah. How optimistic are you that maybe towards the end of the year, enough people get the vaccine that it works? I would really hope so, man. In, inject me with those nanobots. You know, I, I, yeah, I I'm, I'm going in too, there. dude. Give me, let Bill Gates know where the fuck I am. I want to get out yeah. there. <laughs> well, I'm due to get it in uh, March. That's so if you notice a little change in my podcast, now you're a youngster, so you're probably not going to get it till May or June, but just use me as a lab rat. You got it. I don't see any, like, I don't know if I, you know what, if I seem at peace with the world, then you should get nervous. But if I'm still going <laughs> off on people. Bill's okay. We knew, I'm not um, that thing. All right, dude. Hey, man, I'm so psyched. I'm proud of you that you got this thing done. 
And I really hope the world opens up so you can go out, kick ass, and uh, play some live shows because uh, I think I'm speaking for a lot of people. One of the biggest things I have missed during this has been live music. So thank God for unbelievably talented musicians like yourself. Good luck with your record. And once again, I really enjoyed your appearance on Jimmy Kimmel last week. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) All right, Wolf. Nice meeting you. Pleasure, man. Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, February 18th, 2013. And uh, right off the bat, you should be going like, well, this sounds a lot different than all the other ones. Yes, it does. Um, There's a reason for that. The reason for it is because the handy recorder H4NR by Zoom, the Zoom H4N handy recorder is a fucking... Diva hunk of shit. Fuck that recorder and its non-existent digital ass. I've had more goddamn fucking problems with this thing. First of all, they give you a fucking memory card where you can record like just over a podcaster every fucking goddamn week. I start the podcast. If I forgot to erase the last one, I have a problem. And I know what you guys are thinking. Well, Bill, why don't you buy a new fucking memory card? Well, I'm an asshole. Okay? Admittedly, I'm an asshole. But you know what I did? You know what I did, people? Guess where old fucking Billy Redface went the other day? Well, I went to the wrong place first, but then they told me where to go. And then I went and I bought a fucking memory card. Some 60 fucking 4 gig memory card. I stick it in this thing's fucking little slot there. Turned it on. It says, uh, do you want to format the card? Why, yes, I would. Handy fucking recorder, H4N, Zoom douche, right? How childish is this right now? Trying not to be mad at an inanimate object, as Joe DeRosa says. Um, But I am. So I put it in there and it says, error. Can't do it. Then I go on the internet, wasting more fucking time of my life. All you technology douchebags out there who just think that this stuff makes your life easier. It doesn't. It doesn't because it's constantly fucking breaking down. And then I got to go on the internet and I got to try and figure out what the hell's going on. You know, sifting through all this, this horse shit. And uh, I found something and I followed it to the T and it still says it's, it's, there's a problem. So what do I have to do? I'm in New York City right now, by the way. I'm going to have to somehow get in touch with Bobby Kelly. And I'm going to flip the fuck out. Screaming about tech. This is what happens. This is how Bobby Kelly helps me with technology. I call him up. 
I immediately go on a rant about technology and the banking system. He sits back and relaxes, you know, probably has the phone like 20 feet from his ear. And when I'm done ranting, you know, he'll just sit there and be like, all right, dude, what's the problem, dude? What, what, do, you, what do you have? And I'll be like, this fucking piece of shit, zone fucking fit. Dude, dude, it's not a piece of shit, dude. It's actually, I've, I've had that thing. It's fucking great. I got the new one. It's fucking wireless. Um, and then he talks me fucking through it. You know, and what kills me is I like to think that I'm just as smart as Robert Kelly, but evidently I'm not. He never comes to me for help. But I think that's because he's, he's afraid. He's afraid of the feelings that he has for me. <laughs> so anyways, I don't even know how to adjust these levels. I hope I'm not blowing out your fucking eardrums here. Um, anyways, you know what was funny about all this was I was going to make fun of this kid who was having problems downloading my special. You know, and this is basically, you know, fortunately, I've had a nice steady stream of people downloading my special. And um, I swear to God, for every, like, 50, 75 people that download it successfully, there'll be one person that has a problem. I get right back to them, you know. Usually that day, if not within two to three days, I get back to them as soon as I can. We get them a new link and they get the special. All right? And I've actually learned a lot about myself reading some of these emails because the amount of people who immediately assume that they're getting fucked, that basically that I'm fucking them over, which, you know, like I, I basic, I announced that I have this special to download for $5. And once I get your $5, my game plan is there really is no link. <laughs> Like, how long could I realistically get away with that? Maybe for a week before all you guys talk to each other and just like, there's no link. He's just stealing $5 from us. At which point, I would become the biggest douche on the internet and no one would come to my shows and I would go back to sleeping on a futon. So why would I do that? But what cracks me up is I understand the anger. As you can tell, I'm sure there's somebody out there who has a Zoom H4N handy recorder and knows exactly, you know, what two fucking buttons to hit and my whole world would be perfect. Um, I have to tell you, it is an unbelievably confusing fucking device. This is definitely, this has to be some pro-level shit because they did not dumb it down for someone like myself. So anyways, getting back to the, um, getting back to the, uh, the downloads, okay? If you are having problems, okay, the link does work. Okay, admittedly, a couple times there has been a glitch on our end, and we go out, we fix it immediately, you will get a link. I am not trying to fuck you over. If you, for, if you are just like, well, it didn't work the first time, and I don't feel like waiting, I want my $5 back, I will, um, I will absolutely refund your money. You are not going to get fucked. Okay? You're not going to get fucked out of your money. You're either going to get the special or you're going to get your $5 back. So... Um, I don't know, but I've actually learned a lot about myself watching people having meltdowns about these things. This one kid wrote me today. He goes, I would like my money back for my purchase of your special on January 25th, 2013. I never had a chance to see the special and I am deeply outraged by the horrible quality of your customer service. Please return my $5 to my checking account immediately. So I'm like, Jesus Christ, did I miss this guy? So I look up his email 
It's fucking hilarious. I've already talked to the guy three times. He got the initial link, and we sent him two more links, and he hasn't been able to download it. Okay? I got back to him every time, either that day or within 24 hours. And now he asked for his $5 back, and I gave it back to him within like 45 minutes of him asking for it. All right? I understand you're upset, dude, but how is that horrible customer service? Now, if you want to say it's a horrible link, you know, that's one thing. My customer service, I'm going to pat myself on the back here. I think it's pretty fucking good. I wouldn't say it's outstanding. All right? I'm not trying to get trashed by other cunts who are now going to send me emails. But I'm just saying. All right? Sometimes it does take me like three days to get back to you. But, you know, I'm running a mom and pop operation here. I got to fly to fucking uh, East Bumpfuck to do a show. You know, that day, maybe I'm not looking at my emails. But I will get back to you. All right? And there's been, a whole, there's been thousands of people, thank God, who downloaded my special successfully. So the link is fine. All right? I sent the guy a letter back. I, I told him, I said, dude, we got back to you every time you've emailed us. And I just gave you $5 back. How is that horrible customer service? I don't know what to tell you. What, what more am I supposed to do? Fly to where you live and stare at your computer with you? God knows I can't figure it out. This guy's deeply outraged over $5. Thank God my special wasn't 20 bucks. Like I wasn't selling like a hard copy of it. This guy probably hunt me down and shoot me. <laughs> oh, speaking of shooting people, how about that fucking cyborg, huh? Allegedly shot his woman through the fucking bathroom door. Jesus Christ, huh? What a fucking creepy story that is. You know, it's funny, as I was sitting here today flipping out about the Zoom H4. This is like the anti-commercial for this thing. H4 and recorder. If you're stupid, please do not buy this thing. Because you'll end up like me. And I'm really trying to... uh, Rosa used to have this joke about him flipping out at a laptop. And somebody saw him and said, hey, that's an inanimate object. You're better than that. Ba, 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 ba. So I, I, for some reason, last night I was flipping, about, flipping out about how my internet sucks in New York. And how, because I was so mad at the internet connection, I actually had the urge to grab my laptop, a completely innocent bystander, and just fucking, like, sort of like a combination of a Frisbee and a discus. And I wanted to throw it through my window. <laughs> Rather than using my brain and sitting down, um, or maybe uh, just solving the problem, maybe just calling up and canceling the wireless service and getting that little fucking, uh, what do you call it, the internet stogie that you can stick into the side of your computer. So you have internet everywhere. That Bobby Kelly shit. Dude, I got internet everywhere. I, I, I stick the stick in. I put on my little earpiece, dude. It's all fucking wireless. It orders me a sandwich. You know? Um, anyways, the fuck was I talking about? You know, that guy, actually, I, I made, the, I made a bad move the other day. I asked, I called Bobby Kelly up and I told him I needed a new printer. And you can't, someone like me cannot talk to a guy like on Bobby Kelly's level of technology. Okay. Cause all of my shit is from like, you know, three presidents ago. All right. I don't like technology. Um, as far as, I don't like new technology. Okay. I would be happy 
I was happy where my life was in the 80s. And I didn't have a laptop or a cell phone. I was fine. I don't know about you guys, but I was eating three times a day. I had a roof over my head. You know? I had a carburetor. I had no fuel injection. And I, I, I was fine. My car couldn't talk to me. I didn't have any GPS. I, oh, I had a map. It's not like an old man here. But my life was fine. When I say I don't like technologies, for all the douchebags already firing off your email, really, would you like to go back to the caveman days? You know what I'm saying. Past a certain point, this shit hasn't been helping me. Okay? Right up to curing polio and penicillin, right there, we should have just walked away from the blackjack table. We should have left it at that. You know? Then all we would have had to have done is just dealt with the population problem in that you just keep it in check. Okay? You get one of these mathematical fucking nerds, God bless them, (laughs) and we just have a number that we we will not go beyond. Okay? And and, in a perfect world, um, everybody could join hands and we would all work together. And there would be no countries, but that's not the way it is. Because the sociopaths, power-hungry sociopaths, and fucking religious psychopaths. Okay, if you could eliminate those two people, those two groups of people, you know, people who take the hocus-pocus shit too seriously, and then those, those fucking... Those, those people who will do anything, will fucking do anything... You know, the only feeling they feel is the rush of putting their foot on somebody's neck. If you could just get rid of those two people. Ah, I was kidding. Who? We'd just, look at us. Look at us on the Internet. Look at the way we trash each other. Probably still wouldn't work. But whatever. This is my utopia. I think we should have tapped out somewhere around like, um, I don't know. When did the first Atari come out? you got to have video games, right? Asteroids was great. And you guys, whatever. You get bored with it. But they come up with the new asteroids. Maybe the, maybe the, the, the ship would be shaped like a square. Maybe the rocks were like hexagons. No, rocks were hexagons. Well, you just make the, the, the spaceship the shape of the asteroids, and then the asteroids the shape of the spaceship. New spaceship-shaped asteroids. And we all, we all would have been excited, because we didn't know any better. Because we didn't know there was uh, battle, Battlefield Earth Part 4, whatever the fuck it's called. Whatever you video guys are doing there. I don't even know what I'm saying. So anyway, so Bobby tells me to get this fucking... I call up Bobby Kelly. Who? Bobby is like, you know, when I go to Bob's, Bob's apartment or whatever, it's like walking, in my world, it's like walking like nine years into the future. You know, remember when Yankee Stadium first came out and they were all arrogant going, we have 2013 technology in 2009. And when they said that shit? Which really was the dumbest thing ever. It's like, no, if you had, you have 2009 technology that is not going to be available to a nerd like me, not a nerd, a loser like me until 2013. You're really just sort of rubbing it in my face. All right? Of course, all Yankee fans, they, they, they oh, they, they, they got technology from the future. Derek Cheater. Right? With your fucking Yankee jersey that you can't button anymore. Um. Anyways, what am I talking about here? 
Oh, so Bobby, yeah, Bobby's like nine years in the future compared to me. So he, he gets me this, I get this fucking, dude, it's fucking wireless, dude. Everything Bobby has has to be wireless, you know? It's fucking wireless, dude. I, 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 can, I can drive in a cab, dude, and I just think of something. It's, it's, it's wired into my brain. It, it, it prints it out, dude. Um, so I get this thing. Of course, this fucking goddamn thing. I've probably used it 20 times, 17 times I've had a fucking problem with it. One time for no reason, I would I would hit print and it would go through the entire stack of paper that I had, printing nothing. Just printing ho ha he ha ho ha he ha ho ha and I'm going what the fuck's going on? Ha ha ho ha he ha right? And then finally the last two pages, it would just print a bunch of code. And, you know, I don't give a fuck. Just at some point in that five-minute exercise, fucking print when I'm trying to print. Never does it. So then I got to call Bobby up. Bob, this fucking printer said, dude, it doesn't suck, dude. Just, what's, just tell me what, go into uh, properties or whatever. Click on the Apple, dude. And I'm on the phone for like 45 minutes. I like my old printer. It had a wire. It was tethered to reality. And I plugged it into my fucking laptop. You know? I like that real shit. And I'm like, it's in the air, man. I don't know what's going on. I can't figure that shit out. So anyways. I don't know what the fuck I'm even talking about here. What, what am I really saying? Why can't stuff be easy? Why can't stuff... What I really want is for nothing to change so I don't have to learn anything new. I think that's what I'm really trying to say here. Um... I don't know. I'm going to talk about New York City here in a second once I, uh, let's do a couple of, uh, advertisements really quickly. If I can get, oh, Jesus, where the hell are we here? Oh, Jesus, let me drink with Joe DeRosa tonight. Oh, no, you know what? I'm actually going out to Hasbro Heights doing a benefit. Um, all right, LegalZoom, everybody. Are you waiting for the perfect time to start your dream business? It's now. LegalZoom, the official sponsor of National Start Your Business Month wants you to get uh, get your business started right. Whether you're setting up an LLC, an S-Corp, sole proprietorship, or nonprofit, LegalZoom takes care of you from start to finish. The award-winning service was developed by the best legal minds in the country, and every business gets personalized attention. That's why over 90% of LegalZoom customers would recommend this service to their family. You'll be in good company. Three dozen companies in the Inc. 500 list were started through LegalZoom. Uh, it's National Start Your Business Month, so start your business right now at LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom is not a law firm and provides self-help services at your specific direction. In other words, when you're having problems, get in touch with them. they got a legal staff that will help you through it. Anyways, but there's so much more. Now, every LLC and incorporation package includes easy-to-use business accounting software, a $269 value for absolutely free. Be sure to enter BURR, B-U-R-R, in the referral box at the checkout. Start your business, protect your family, and safeguard your assets at LegalZoom.com today. All right, back to the podcast. Um, <clears throat> so I'm back in New York City right now. I immediately went from um, absolute paradise as far as weather goes, you know, not as far as population and uh, breathable air, drinkable water. But uh, the weather's great, and I, I came into New York, and... Uh, 
you know, I actually really fucking enjoy cold weather. And um, the only thing that sucks was it snowed like five days ago. So when it first snows, it's it's beautiful. It's like a newborn baby. It's just gorgeous. Everywhere you go looks like a postcard. But you know, three, four days later, it's just, uh, you know, you think you're, you're in Eastern fucking Europe. And that's what it looks like right now. It's, uh, it's kind of a nice sunny day, but I gotta be honest with you. Um, if you're past the age of 40 and you're still dealing with winters, I just want you to know that there are options. You know what? No, no, no. You know what? Keep, keep living in the last thing we need is more fucking people in LA. It's great. You know, you get the four seasons, you know, one and a half of them are nice. <laughs> I like it. You know, I like to change your seasons. Do you have any idea what it's like to just fucking just wake up every day and the weather's awesome? It's awesome. And I know what East Coast, oh, dude, you're going to lose your edge. That's how fucked up East Coast people are. We're afraid that we're going to lose our anger. Hey, you're going to lose your edge. But be careful. You might end up being happy. You might end up, uh, you know, enjoying your life. Go easy now. I remember when I first moved out to L.A., the first time I was out there when I hated it. And this didn't seem right. And I fought it so hard to not to try and not enjoy it, but I did. Um, I played uh, roller hockey on the day of the Super Bowl in shorts and a T-shirt in this parking garage. Um, it's the 90s, okay? Go fuck yourself. And it was roller hockey. I wasn't skating down the boardwalk in a fanny pack, but... Uh, if footage of me doing that does surface, um, I would love to say that it was somehow photoshopped. <laughs> For the record, I never had a fanny pack. But not because um, I didn't like them. I just found, I just, I wanted pockets. I just, I don't like shit on me. You know what I mean? I just, I don't like it. And it makes you waist sweaty. Or that wherever the fanny is, fanny pa- the pack is on the fanny pack, that's going to get all sweaty. I don't fucking like it, you know? I used to put the money in my sock and then my keys in my other sock. I used to be that guy, you know? Anyways, so I'm playing roller hockey at the top of this fucking uh, uh, parking garage. Who the hell was it? It was me, Dane Cook, Rick DeLee, and Pete Cummings, right? For two on two fucking psycho game we had where it was like zero to zero and we were all such competitive maniacs this is back before TiVo we almost missed the beginning of the Super Bowl because we had to play until somebody won or maybe it was one to one you know when you don't have that official clock or anything it was, it was the fucking shit and we were laughing just going like my buddy was going who loved L.A. I was like, dude, we're going to watch the Super Bowl. How nuts is this? Everybody back east is freezing their fucking balls off. We're out here in the sun playing roller hockey on top of this parking structure, hoping the security doesn't come up here. And I was buying into that whole, um, I'm losing my edge, man. I'm not going to be funny. Meanwhile, L.A. is one of the most difficult cities I've ever had to live in just as far as getting from point A to point B and also trying to keep you your head screwed on because um, look, it's a fun place when you're working. That's all I can tell you. When you're not working, uh, and if you, if you are out there right now and you're struggling, uh, definitely don't be afraid to have a hobby. 
Don't be afraid to have something that you can actually fucking look forward to that will actually help you. You know, some of these psychos out there with that 24-7. I gotta be about the business. Hey, you wanna, uh, hey, here's a free cupcake. Would you like a cupcake? I know, I'm working on a script. I gotta get the script done. Yeah, who turns down a free cupcake? That's kind of weird. One man to another man, huh? Um, anyway, so I'm back here in New York and, uh, I don't know. It's weird. I love New York, but I just don't miss it. I always thought I would miss it, but I don't miss it. I woke up, you know, a fucking God knows what time this morning. It's a holiday back here. I don't know what the hell it is. President's Day or some shit. And uh, some asshole has got his fucking stereo on. Like two floors down. One of those douchebags. Um, status is probably music is my life. Music is the air I breathe. Something trite that they're trying to make original or whatever the fuck it is. Um, life equals music. He's fucking playing his goddamn... I, I'm going to say stereo because I don't know what the kids call him today. He's playing his fucking stereo. From two floors down, I'm hearing this guy at the baseline of this shit. And, you know, I just, I just don't miss it. Like, this is basically... I live in a big house with, like, you know, 700 strangers. I got to smell their food. I got to hear their arguments. You know, you always got some sort of... There's always somebody... There's always some old person who's been living there since, like, the fucking 60s who's paying $3 a month in rent. And you walk by their fucking place, they're always making some sort of goulash. And the combination of that and the fucking heater that they can't adjust for some reason and it's 9,000 degrees, the combination of that and smelling that goulash and that douche playing in stereo, I just, I don't fucking miss it. Then I got to walk out and look at dirty snow. I've had it. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. And then there's that when it's getting... Spring in New York is beautiful. Fall in New York is great. Summer is cool for about two seconds before the humidity comes in. All the, the fucking crooked rich cunts slash celebrities, they all go out to the Hamptons to go fucking air off their balls. And we got to sit here taking the goddamn subway and all... Uh, it's, it's, it's the worst. It's the fucking worst. So, um... Uh, I think I'm just grumpy. I still like New York, but I'm kind of disturbing me how much I'm sitting here going like, yeah, this is, uh, this is really no way to live. <laughs> you know what? I, I said this before. New York, it's for young people. You know, up to about 35, 36, you can have a great fucking time. Those last four years is just sliding into 40. Don't fight that feeling that says, hey, why don't we get out of here and live like a human being? You know, fuck the 212 area code. You can visit it. Drop in and visit it. Go out to Jersey, go to upstate New York, whatever the fucking Westchester. Get yourself a house and a driveway. All right? The only time you smell goulash is if you're, is if you're making it. You're a human being. You deserve to live like one. Um, anyways, plowing ahead here uh, on the podcast. What am I up to here? This is oddly cruising right along. But I can't find the numbers. Where are we? 25 minutes. Is that right? Um, I had a great week this week, this past week. Um, I got to do the Conan O'Brien show. We'll have the link for that up on uh, up on the uh, Monday Morning Podcast page. Um, Conan's great, you know. When you're getting going, he chimes in. And once you get going, he just lets you go. He's totally old school. And if he thinks you're funny, he laughs. It's uh, It really is that old school... Johnny Carson style and uh, I'm getting more and more comfortable doing those 
panel things, and I get a real kick out of doing them because that was sort of that was that's sort of a lost art amongst comedians, just for the simple fact that we haven't gotten the opportunities to do it. Where back in the day, I guess there was less opportunities. Maybe it balances out. But back in the day, Johnny Carson, you know, he had his go-to. He would have comics on, and they they weren't promoting anything. He would just have them on because they were they were a great guest. They'd come on, and he knew that they were going to hit a home run. Um, and I used to grow up watching these guys: David Brenner, George Goble, um, all these guys. And I would I would be psyched when they were on, and they'd come on. Buddy Hackett, they'd just come on and tell stories. They weren't promoting anything. They were just hilarious, and you'd watch Johnny laughing his ass off. And it went right through Letterman, Leno. Um, who were some of the other guys I saw? But then, I don't know, once this talk show stuff became so... Well, back then, he was the only game in town. So there wasn't... It's not the way it is now, where there's like 20 shows all trying to get this, take a piece of the same pie. But anyways, um, it was something I always wanted to get good at. So I was really psyched that my... It went well, uh this past Monday. It's just something that I, I want to get better at. And uh, I just, I don't know, that was just like a cool thing that for a while, comics just really weren't getting that opportunity or not enough of them were getting that opportunity. And it was frustrating. I'm not saying it's all actors and all guests, but to sit there at home and watch people coming out who couldn't tell a fucking story but they had a giant movie, which I understand, they got to promote the giant movie. I don't know. I just would always look at that and be like, you know what would be great right now? Now that that person kind of did only okay and the host had to work their ass off to help them through the segment. If you just had a, a comic come on, tell some stories, and the, the host could take a little fucking breather. Uh, it's just great. I don't know. It's just great that Conan is doing that type of thing. Um, and, you know, it's funny, as a comic, you're always like, man, I want to do those things, those five-minute sets. It's like playing Russian roulette. I'd rather just go out and you, you, just to watch somebody do panel, you think it's fucking easy. And then all of a sudden you have to do panel. You're like, oh, my God, what if I'm sitting there bombing? Um, I had a nice panic attack before I went out there, right before when I was standing behind the curtain. I was just like, that, why am I here? I have nothing to talk about, blah, blah, blah. But uh, fortunately... It worked out. I did that, and then I, I have an episode of that show, The New Girl, coming up. I'll let you guys know. I, I finally decided I'm actually going to tell you what I'm doing, as opposed to keep... I think I've worn out that uh, glee joke at this point. And I actually got to work with um, Nick Kroll, who I have to tell you, that guy is one of the silliest, funniest motherfuckers I ever worked with. The whole cast was awesome. and But Nick Kroll... That dude is out of his fucking mind. And um, I don't think I've laughed that hard. You know, it's a one-camera shoot, so you're doing, like, 12-hour days. And it's like, uh, you're like a zombie, you know? I actually, st like, doing those things, you st I started to understand why my dog sleeps all day, you know? And it's basically because he has nothing to fucking do. She has nothing to do. And if you have nothing to do, your brain's just like, oh, okay, we don't have to think, we're just going to shut this down, and you fall asleep. And that's what was happening to me. I was nodding off. Because, like, when you're shooting it, it's the most exciting fucking thing ever, and you feel like you could run a marathon. Then, all right, we're turning it around, or you're not in this next one. You just sit down. 
<laughs> you have nothing to do. Everything else is being handled. And you're just sitting there waiting for them to tell you where to stand to say the stuff that they wrote, right? And in that time, you just fucking, you nod off like a fucking dog. Um, but anyways, we're, I'm telling you, man, check out the Kroll show. I got it here. I, want, I really want to hype this show because I, I think this guy is, I think he's absolutely fucking brilliant. Um, where the hell is it here? Come on. I'm the worst. I think it's on Wednesdays. What happened? Oh, I know what happened. I had it up there, and then my fucking piece of shit recorded didn't work. Or another reality, the recorder that works, but I can't figure out how it works. Hang on a second. Close show. Here we go. ComedyCentral.com. The Nick Crow Show is new episodes Wednesday at 10.30, 9.30 Central on... Uh, on uh, Comedy Central. He's absolutely fucking hilarious. Uh, and I really hope that show continues to be a hit. Anyways, all right, there's the, there's the hype for the week. Let's get back to uh, the podcast. Um, what the hell did I want to talk about? Oh, that meteor. How fuck? Did you guys see some of the footage people got? That thing just appearing out of the sky? Now, there's somebody. Somebody's going to give me shit about technology there. But back in the day, you had no idea it was even coming. And you were just out there, doing whatever the fuck you did back then, right? And all of a sudden, this thing just comes out of the sky. I mean, honestly, if that thing falls in your house, you're dead. But I was amazed at the amount of people who are out driving around. Um, if I was driving around, I would have looked like Ray Liotta in the second half of Goodfellas when he's all coked up looking for that helicopter. That would have been me. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get my ass to a shelter. Um, is it is it agreed upon at this point that that's how the dinosaurs uh, died off? Was that a giant meteor or is that still just a theory? Died off? Was that a giant meteor or is that still just a theory? Even though they probably found the crater and proved it, but the fucking, oh, geez, people refuse to believe it because somehow that fucks with the Adam and Eve story. How exactly has the church worked in dinosaurs and all that? Adam and Eve, they were together and they were living in uh, paradise and uh, they started the human race. Forget about the incestuous consequences of that math. We'll just say it was those two. And they were both white, yet somehow there was all these different races of people. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know if that even makes sense. How did different races of people come about? You know, it's funny. That's like that's a great question to ask when you're in a bar with someone with no scientific or is it genetical? Is that the word? Maybe just ask someone as dumb as me. People like, oh, you know, uh, this is shit I heard in, in bars like when I was growing up that like people in Africa were uh, or Africans, I guess if, if that's an easier way to say it. I went people in Africa instead of saying Africans. The same way everybody who plays basketball now says the game of basketball rather than just saying basketball. You know, when I'm out there playing the game of basketball, you know who started that? Michael Jordan. Somebody said it to him and he liked it, as far as I can tell. As far as my, my watching ESPN and the NBA on Shibiash, I think he was the first guy. He's the guy who made it cool to say that, the game of basketball. 
and these guys all grow up watching Michael Jordan, and they keep say, hearing him say the game of basketball. Now all these motherfuckers, they keep saying the game of basketball. It's like this Yoda shit, you know? I mean, I, I really don't, I can't really do a reference to Yoda because I've only seen that movie a couple of times, but I've seen a zillion comics do it where you, you put the shit that usually comes last first, you know? I don't fucking know, but I'm really sick of hearing people talk about the game of basketball. But I am loving LeBron James saying that he has the ability to become the best ever. You know? I am loving that he's saying that. It's just great to hear a guy who's going to try and go for that type of thing. And just the fact that he kind of used to get a little tight at the end of the game. This guy, he's, oh, LeBron's all grown up. You know? And plus, because I hate Laker fans and I hate Kobe Bryant. I don't hate him personally, but, you know, I just hate... Oh, oh, by the way, how's that whole uh, Magic Bryant shit working out for you? Huh? Is he still passing the ball? How many times you you fucking Laker fans going to fall for that shit? He's turned over a new leaf. He's actually going to work with the rest of the team. You know? You guys keep coming back like a battered fucking wife. Uh, maybe he won't hit me this time. What quack? Uh, anyways... There's nothing more a Celtic fan enjoys more than watching Kobe try and go for 60 points. Keep shooting, Kobe. Three guys on you. You got it. Turn around, jumper. Take it. <laughs> Get your 42. Get your 42 points, Kobe, all day. All day. Um, anyways, where the fuck am I going here? Ah, uh, shit. Now I'm getting all fucking freaked out about this stupid thing. Did I put did I put the wrong card in and then I messed up? Did I is it, if you put the wrong card in the thing, does that does that mess up the uh, the brain on the thing? Is that too technical a question? Hey, you know it's funny. I, I I sent out a tweet for uh, uh, this guy, and it's really only for guitar players only. But uh, just how I I don't know the names of shit. This guy is going off on people who don't know the different names of guitar. Like people go, what do you have, a maple neck or a rosewood neck? And the guy's going, you dumb motherfucker. It, you, everybody's got a maple neck. The, oh, both these necks are maple. The fretboard. Fretboard is rosewood. You got a rosewood fretboard. Not a neck, you dumb motherfucker. And he's just sitting there going off. And he ends with the greatest. He goes, you know, half you people... If you just played your guitar half as much as you bitch, you might be worth a fuck on the guitar. <laughs> I don't know. It's tremendous. So anyways, you're probably like going, hey, Bill, what are you doing? What are you doing back in uh, in uh, New York City? I am uh, I am back here. For, I'm, I'm doing a couple of benefits. Tonight, I'm at Bananas in Hasbro Heights uh, doing a benefit for a buddy of mine's wife. Uh, who's sick right now, but is turning the corner. And then Tuesday night, we are going to have the uh, the big Patrice O'Neill benefit slash send-off. We're finally going to send him off right, man. Like, if this thing has been a long time coming. It's going to be an insane night. And uh, I'm really psyched to see all the guys who are going to be there. And uh, it's definitely a good thing. And uh, there you go. That's why I'm here. And then I'm going to go up to Boston on Wednesday, going up to the Wilbur. A big, uh, of course, the Bruins are out of town. Even if they weren't in town, I couldn't watch them because I'd be doing a fucking show. But uh, all right. Is it me or is it the podcast kind of fucking went downhill, hasn't it?
kind of it's kind of dipped a little. Let's let's get this back. Let's get this back on track. So fucking Verzi knows that I'm going to be in Hasbrook Heights tonight. So you know what he tells me? He he wants to go to White Castle. All right, and get a bunch of little White Castle burgers and a vanilla shake. He goes, it's going to be epic. Now I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to say that that isn't great. But the fact that Verzi makes fun of New Jersey, you know. And that this and this, you know, going to White Castle and getting a vanilla shake is his idea of a great night out. I mean, Paul Verzi—he's so Jersey, his last name rhymes with it. You know, he's talking about going to this place like it's going to be a steakhouse. And this is the thing. I'm white trash, too, because I'm beyond excited, too. I want to fire down as many of those burgers as quickly as I can. And the key is you got to eat them really fast before your body ruins the fun telling you to please stop doing it. <laughs> so if you're coming out to Bananas Hasbrook Heights tonight, and about eight, nine minutes into my set, despite the fact I'm leaning on the mic stand but I'm inexplicably sweating it's not because I'm nervous it's going to be my body trying to is beginning to eliminate the 9,000 calories of uh, trans fats I just put in my body you know every once in a while you, you got to keep your body honest you know I'm starting off great today I had a banana for breakfast I'm going to have an apple as a snack and I'm going to have a giant fucking salad old twinkle toes here um, for lunch and then I'm throwing down. That's how I do it. That's my balanced diet. All right? I eat like I teach yoga for the first half of the day and John Wayne from 5 o'clock on. <laughs> hey, it's better than what I used to do. I used to start off, you know, bacon and eggs and all that type of stuff. Uh, I know there's going to be some people out there going, hey, you know, there's nothing wrong with bacon and eggs. I'm not saying there is. All right? But, you know, listen... For all you guys out there who eat red meat and you want to say how, you know, all the, the, the good things about it and everything, look, I'm right there with you. I love eating a fucking steak. Okay, I drive by a, a pasture and I have all I can do to not get out of the car and start gnawing on some cow's neck. All right? It's fucking disgusting, but it's true. Um, but look, fuck all these diet books. Go out and eat a giant goddamn salad. Don't drown it in dressing. All right, go with the balsamic vinaigrette. Do that three days in a row, and you watch how well your body um, operates. Okay? You will be a finely <laughs> tuned machine. And you can continue eating your fucking chops and all that crap. Just eating one giant leafy green salad a day. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And not only that, it kind of, you know, quells that sugar-salt fucking arm wrestle thing that you're doing the whole day. It's, it's really been helping me out, and I don't have to work out as much. And I think that that's, uh, that's really the game plan, isn't it? Don't you want to be in shape and not really have to work out? Right? Did I just become some sort of... Uh, I should have a headset on right now and, like, doing that, that little warm-up side-to-side two-step that they do. Okay, everybody. Thanks for coming out here. We're going to have a great workout, okay? We're going, to, we're going to start to put your arms out to the side. Let's make little circles. Here we go. Now, you know, everybody, I'm still doing a little side to side. I try to eat one salad every day. I start breathing into that fucking Janet Jackson headset. Uh, all right. 
What do we got here? We got one more advertisement here. Oh, the one you guys are all waiting for. Stamps.com, everybody. If you're sick of going to the post office and you'd like to do everything that you can do at the post office within your own home, you need to be, go, be, going, to, uh, be going to Stamps.com. Stamps.com, you can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package using your own computer or printer. Excuse me. Pick up. Stamps.com will send you a digital scale. Calculates the exact amount of postage you need for any class of mail. Then you just hand your mail to the mailman, drop it in a mailbox, or even schedule a free package pickup using stamps.com. You'll never have to deal with bad weather again to send out letters and packages. Um, I use stamps.com to send all my DVDs to all my road gigs. It has worked. I have never had a problem. Right now, use my last name, Burr, B-U-R-R, for this special offer. No risk trial plus a $110 bonus offer. and includes the digital scale and up to $55 of free postage. Um, don't wait. Go to Stamps.com and uh, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr. B-U-R-R, that's Stamps.com. Enter Burr. All right, there you go. Look at me. Saving your time. Saving your time. Um, back to the... Uh, Back to the podcast. Let's get to some questions here, shall we? Shall we? Shall we do this? Uh, all right, go. Fucked up world. Uncle Bilford. I love how you guys, every week, people, you guys are coming up with new different ways to say my name. Billiam, Bilford, Billy Redface, Billy Fatface, Billy Bag of Donuts. Um, anyways, when are, we all, when are we all going to vote a Joe Schmo in as president? Just any other guy than someone who's got... This is like classic barroom talk. Just any other... Any guy other than someone who's got to pay back some corporation or bank that got them there in the first place. I understand you usually tackle relationship advice. In a way, this pertains to our relationship with, this, with our country. No, dude, I would, love to, I would love to answer conspiracy theory shit. The only reason why... I, you know what it is? Is people listen every week and... They start. I, I should start throwing out more topics. Dude, conspiracy theory. I'll always do the relationship stuff. You want to talk sports? Anything you want to talk about? Um, I will answer the questions. And all you guys have to realize is I am not a fucking expert, and I do not know what I'm talking about. All I'm trying to do is make you laugh and make you drive to work a little shorter. That's all I'm doing here. All right. Anyways, he says in a way this pertains to our relationship with our country. Every day we hear our banks and governments getting away with crazy shit. It's exhausting. I want to shut down ignore, and ignore it all, but that's what they want. Am I a stubborn? And I am a stubborn cunt, so fuck them. What do we do? Thanks, frustrated son of a bitch. Um, all right, when are we going to vote a Joe Schmoen for president? That's never going to happen. It's impossible to do. We would all have to get organized. And the organi- organization, to be able to do that... Um, they would figure out that we were doing it. <clears throat> then they would figure out who was leading it, and then that person would um, somehow get shot by a lone gunman, a lone crazed gunman, a Sirhan Sirhan, an Eddie Eddie, you know, somebody with a crazy fucking name, you know? Um, and let's just say, for the, for the sake of argument, that we actually all got together secretively and nobody found out and we actually voted a Joe Schmo in for president. Uh, nobody would work with him. No one would work with him, and he and it would be in every politician's best interest to have that guy have the worst presidency ever, so they could all look at the American people and be like, "See what happens when you don't vote Democrat or Republican." They would just do that. 
I mean, they don't even work with each other. If a Republican gets in as president and the House, oh, I'm getting in over my head. <laughs> the House, is that what it's called? If that's Democratic, they won't work with that guy. They spend every waking moment trying to fuck over whatever that guy's trying to do. It's childish and vice versa. Vice versa there. So they don't even work with each other. Forget about some Joe Schmo coming in as president. Um, I would say what you have to do is a ground-up thing. I would try to vote for the most honest person you could as a local town selectman, as a regional, what are the, then they have like sort of regional senators and then state senators and then like senators at a federal level. I, I don't think, I honestly don't think that there is a way uh, you know what it'd be like? It's like you have a leaky faucet and all you're trying to do is buy more paper towels and keep wiping up the water and you're never dealing with the leaky faucet, okay? The shit is, it's, how do I, how do I, how do I put this in my own moronic way? All right, I've done a lot of people's shows, you know, little acting thing here or a fucking podcast here or a big time radio shows. At this point, I've done that stuff and this is what I've found. If the person at the top is a good shit, Everybody, it, it, everybody's a good shit. Everybody's a good, you know, if the person at the top is not an egomaniac and not acting like an asshole, a fucking diva, everybody falls in line. Because you can't act like an asshole. It's like, well, this guy is making more money than all of us and he's, he's treating people well. You know, if I start acting like a dick, then it's just going to expose me as being a dick. All right? But if the person at the top is a cunt, it, it, it you know, and is just being an unbelievable pain in the ass. You know, it's that leadership thing. It just rolls downhill and everybody acts that way. The problem with the world is it's a fuck or be fucked system that we have. All right? And it's like, it, it starts at the top with a fuck over and they pass that on to the next level and it's hot potato. You're trying to pass the fuck over on. You know what I mean? And once you get in the game, you end up just doing shit you don't even want to do. You just have to do it because that's how the game's played. It's the whole bringing a knife to a gunfight. You can't do it. It's a gunfight. You got to get a gun. And I don't know how, I don't think, I honestly don't think the only way to change it is for basically one of these asteroids has to hit <laughs> the earth. And we have to be wiped out like the fucking dinosaurs. And it has to start over again. You know, because we are flawed. That's all I can say. Yeah, we're flawed. Just in general. Even if, you, even if you were able to eliminate sociopaths, just in general, we're jealous, we're envious, we're cunty, and, uh, and we do not handle power well, generally speaking. There's the occasional fucking Gandhi... Um, uh, a Ralph Nader, a Jimmy Carter. Now, of course, I got to name somebody on the right so people don't get all cunty. There's like, uh, there's just, I don't, I don't know enough fucking people. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's very rare. Okay, and you know, what the fuck is my phone? Where the hell is it? I hear it buzzing. Can you hear it? Is it on the floor? Where is it? Am I going to get mad at this thing? Oh, there it is right there, right in front of me. Oh, that's Verzi. 
Where is he? He's probably fucking mouth already watering. Um, yeah, so you say, what, what, do you, what do you do about it? I would, uh, I don't know. I would just listen to people. And if they sound honest, I would vote for them. That's basically all you can do short of starting a revolution. At which point you're going to have to, uh, you know, be at the, the, I don't know, the forefront of uh, a lot of murder. <laughs> or, you know, you can just, you know, find love and get it, get yourself a dog and, uh, you know, tell some jokes. I don't know. I, I don't, Look, I try not to think about it. It's, it's um, I don't, the way I look at it now is just like, good. Yeah, when I see shit that's, I mean, this is, this is, this is how I deal with the depression of it. As I just say, oh, good. When I see us doing something fucked up, good. That's, oh, that's great. You know, there we go. That will hasten our demise. <clears throat> and maybe we can, uh, maybe something else will come along. You know what it was? The dinosaurs were just, I don't know. I'm not going to say they were dumb, but they were kind of just taking up space. And then we came along, you know, the asteroid, all right, you know, asteroid comes and whoever's running shit, whatever you believe, is like, all right, let's start over again. And it was just like an overcorrection. Much in the way like feminism was an overcorrection. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Feminism wasn't an overcorrection. What it really was was a bunch of pussy guys who didn't, who never said, all right, all right. That needed to be said somewhere in the last 20 years. There should have been a giant, all right. You know? And I'll tell you right now, Believe it or not, that's what every goddamn brought out there needs. Especially the good-looking ones. All right? And if you're an honest woman, you know what I'm saying. You need a man in your life, or if you're gay, you need a woman in your life to be like, all right, all right, enough. Which we're, we're, we're fucking and guys are the same way. We're we're like these big fucking kids. And if we don't, the same way if you have a kid, and I can speak for this because I've never had one. <laughs> if you have a fucking kid, and the kid has no boundaries, it's gonna be bouncing off the fucking walls, acting like an asshole. And guys like me are going to be looking at a kid and actually having the intrusive thought of, what if I just gave that toddler an uppercut? You know? Like, that's how bad the kid's behaving. Like, adults are the same way. If we don't have any boundaries. That's why so many of these fucking, these rich cunts, they got all the money in the world, they got everything they need, and they still fuck their lives up. It's because, because they, they, nobody can keep them in check. It's kind of like when Russia fell. When Russia fell, that was one of the worst things that ever happened in this country. Russia kept us in check in that, you know, we were sitting there grappling. You know, we'd move three feet their way. They'd push us back four feet. Then we'd move five feet. We'd just doing that shit. Then once they fell down and there was that wide open space, yeah, we did all the shit that we've been doing. And, uh, you know, people are kind of looking at us like we're a bunch of cunts now, aren't they? All right, there you go. There, there, I tied uh, asteroids, dinosaurs are in our foreign policy without ever reading a goddamn thing about it. How'd you like that, everybody? I think I, I hit new heights of ignorant... Um, I'm too stupid to even 
I don't even know what word comes next after that. All right, what do we got here? All right, what the fuck is the next one? Bill, our family friend, our friend of the family, an investment banker from Yale Business School, extremely successful, was married about five years ago. He was married to a bitch who went to Harvard Law School and worked as a very successful lawyer even when they were married. Okay, so he's an investment banker. Okay, this sounds like an arranged marriage. This is one of those things where every day somebody in their life has on a blue blazer. Anyways, he says, by themselves, they made more money in a year than most people make in 10 years. That's not their fault. They also studied hard enough to get into Yale and Harvard or were born into it. At which point, good for them, they got lucky. Um, you know, you can't get mad at people who, got, who, who were born into going to Yale and Harvard. You can't get mad at that shit unless you are helping out people who were born into sweatshop labor. If you're actually helping them get out of that, then you can get mad at that shit. But if you're just sitting in the middle wearing sweatshop labor clothes and not giving a fuck and you weren't born into sweatshop labor, I don't think, personally, I don't think you get mad at someone who's born in that blue blood shit. See that? There's another fucking barroom logic for you there. Anyways, by themselves, they made more money in a year than most people make in 10 years. When they got divorced, the husband got custody of the kids, but the wife got the house. And half of every penny the husband would ever make for the rest of his life? That doesn't make sense. Unless they came, drew that up. Not only could she now easily support herself, she remarried another lawyer that made just as much as her, but continues to spend the original husband's money. But as far as I know, when she gets remarried, the, the alimony stops. As does the child support, I believe. Unless he doesn't legally adopt them. I don't know, it's weird. And it also goes from state to state. And I've also never read up on those laws. People have just told me about them. Um, anyways, she has no kids to take care of or anything, but she's still got everything. We live in Massachusetts, which means the divorce laws heavily favor females. But still, what the fuck? Yeah, uh, it's brutal. I think eventually they will be reform uh, reformed. Uh, reformed or reformed? They will be reformed in another shape. They'll be reformed. What? I, you know, guys, if you're still listening to this fucking podcast, I mean, uh, other than beyond to just listen to how fucking stupid I am to make yourselves feel better, please don't listen to me. Uh, yeah, dude, I mean, they are what they are. Divorce lawyers are what they are, and um, I'm done bitching about them because I'm not doing anything. I'm not starting a movement to try and change them. Uh, I'm a lazy fuck. I like to sit around and complain. But um, if you have a petition, I'm all about it. I'll sign it. I'll definitely sign it. Uh, in fairness, um, when the woman makes more money, a guy can do that to her too. Uh, but the way the world is set up, the guys make most of the fucking money. So I guess that's one of the trade-offs. So in the words of Mr. Han, get a good one. Fast Times at Richmond High reference to you older people out there. Get a good one. Get yourself a good woman. Um, if I ever got divorced... If I ever get married and if I ever get divorced, I'm going to tell you right now. I am going to go into such a zen space. I already know what the fuck I'm going to do. I'm going to get a one-bedroom apartment. I'm going to get an electronic drum kit. I'm going to have one fucking bowl, one plate, one fork, one spoon, one knife. I'm going to have a fucking TV. I'm going to have all the sports packages. And I'm going to dress like Malcolm Young which is fucking jeans, t-shirt, no belt. That's it. I'm going to ride a bicycle and I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, I'm tapping out. 
I'm never going to Best Buy again. I'm never going to Target other than after I get my bowl. Can you buy one bowl? I don't think you can. You know? I'm going to, I will, I will, I won't even have a vacuum cleaner. I'll have a little broom and a dustpan and I am going to live like a fucking monk. That's it. And I'll give her all my fucking money. I'll keep telling jokes. I don't give a shit. I'll give her all the fucking money. Hey, you want it? Is this going to make you happy? Go ahead. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck it. The fuck do I care? You know, when it rains, do I get wet? No, I don't. Am I eating every day? Fine. I'm going to get into that mindset. And I'll send her that alimony and child support check, and I will draw a big, maniacal fucking smiley face on it. And uh, that's it. And I will show up. You know what I'm going to buy? I would I'd buy a Chevy Citation with the sideways radio. And I, and I would redo that fucker. I'd have the ugliest fucking car on top and underneath would be sweet. I'd teach myself how to do all of that shit. You know? That's what I would do. That's what I would do. I already have the game plan. I, you know? This is, why, this is how you're successful. You, you got you to gotta have everything all mapped out. I'm not even married yet. And I'm still fucking... I already have a plan if I get divorced. Okay, people? You gotta think ahead. All right, friends, ugly chick. Uncle Billy Boy. And if you're fucking divorced right now, you ought to do that. Rather than trying to get all your shit back. How about this? How about fuck heaven shit? Huh? There you go. That's about the stupidest thing you ever heard. But think about it. There's a brilliance in there. Fuck it. Why do you need to have... A, you don't need a man cave. You know, then something's going to break down and some, you know, whatever the fuck, the geek squad's got to come over there. You don't want to deal with that shit. How about keeping it simple? Have a banana for breakfast. You know, tape some NHL games or some NBA, whatever the fuck you're into. Sit there and read the paper. You know? (laughs) I think I'm onto something here. Right? Fuck iPods. Get a stereo. Listen to a record. Start churning butter. Just go go the other way. Don't let her win. You go the other way. Start making your own clothes. All right, you don't got to go that far, but you know what I'm saying. Um, anyways, friends, ugly chick. Take a pasta making class. Um, friends, ugly chick. Jesus, this is going to be mean. Uncle Billy Boy. My friend recently got his, uh, into his first real relationship. This fucking broad is a real cunt to start. Uh, She doesn't want him hanging out with any of his friends and basically doesn't let him leave the house. Now, I gotta tell you something. That's complete bullshit. Okay, okay, I agree with she doesn't want him to hang out with any of his friends. She could be like controlling and, but to say she doesn't let him leave the house, is this guy literally trying to leave the house and she's fucking putting him in a headlock? You know, putting him in a chicken wing or some shit? figure four leg lock no your friend is a pussy with a capital P dash pussy <laughs> this is what no he's, he, he should be laying down the law he needs to be hey 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 enough settle down settle down I'm with you but I'm living a balanced life here let me draw a circle here This is the time I'm spending with you. This is the time I'm spending with my friends. This is my alone time. This is my drinking bear time. All right? The whole circle has to be filled, 
with different shit, sweetheart, or I'm not going to be happy. Are you telling me you want me to be miserable? If you are, I am leaving for good. If you're not, then fucking work with me. All right? That's what your friend needs to say before I even get through all this. Anyways, he goes, living in Buffalo, it is rather customary to go out once a week for chicken wings, beer, and watch some good go- watching some goddamn hockey. Oh, by the way, shout out to the Sabres. They fucking own the Bruins. It is just a regular season. I'm not trying to jinx you guys, but you guys, uh, you're, you're kicking our asses. Uh, you know what sucks is I taped the last game. I'm not trying to avoid an ass kicking, but, you know, for some reason I taped it and I came home and the screen was blank. I think it was actually on the NHL network. I taped the wrong, um, I taped the wrong one, so I actually missed it. Um, I did read the box scores and all that type of stuff. Uh, you know, I, lo- I love how you guys keep, I keep forgetting the guy's name. Your big six foot eight inch goon. How you guys keep giving Bruins fans shit that Milan Lucic won't fight. Was it John Scott? Whatever his fucking name. Why? Why would? Why the fuck would you do that? Hey, let's have one of our best players, one of the best power forwards in the league, fight a guy six foot taller than him who weighs fifty more pounds than he does, six inches taller than him. What a five, six inches taller, outweighs him by 40, 50 pounds, and who's an absolute goon. There's a great trade-off. And then we'll have Lucic, who can score goals and actually play the game, sit down for five minutes, and all you guys do is lose a goon. Why would we do that? And we're risking having one of our best players get hurt. Why would we do that? That was like back in the day when Montreal Canadian fans would get pissed that, that he wouldn't fight George LaRock. You know? Because he beat up one of their fucking... Uh, I don't know where the fuck. He beat up some guy. I, I, I don't know. Someone was going, uh, Lucic never fights anybody his size. I, I click up Lucic fight, uh, on YouTube. I search him. The first guy he's fighting is a guy his size who actually weighs more than 15 pounds than him. Some guy in Toronto. And he beats the shit out of him. Okay? Lucic could beat your guy up, your fucking family up, and, uh, and something else to make three. All right? Stop questioning his toughness. You can do it all you want, but I'm not buying into it. Hey, how come your best guy isn't fighting the guy that we have that can't even play? Um, anyways, let's, let's continue on here. And by the way, you got to go to Buffalo. Fuck Niagara Falls. You got to go to, uh, what was it, Duffy's or Anchor Bar? I, never, I went to Anchor Bar like the one time in history they ran out of wings. I was with Verzi again. We went to Anchor Bar first. The first night, and then the second day, we were going to a Sabres game. We went to Anchor Bar, and, uh, and they, they ran out of fucking wings. So, um, and I got to tell you, man, they, they make them like nobody else in the goddamn country. Uh, so, anyways, he goes, this broad won't even let him out of the house. It won't even let him out once a week for that. She has wrapped his brain so badly, warped his brain so badly, that he now thinks she is right in saying we are a bad influence on him. We've all been friends since early elementary school, for Christ's sake, and she's only known him a couple of months. Here's where it gets fucked up. He's by no means a bad-looking guy, and she looks like she got bum-rushed and was beaten in the face with a club. And for the cherry on top, on top, she has herpes. Now, how do you know that? Unless that guy got out and told you. Bill, what the fuck do I do to wake him up? Um, it, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. Come on, man. There's, there, like that guy, 
is either wired to be submissive or he wasn't raised right. You know? I think a big thing, you know, with the kid that I don't have, the way I try to raise my kid that I don't have is, uh, I just realized I've been leaning back and sitting forward, so I'm sure the volume is all over the place. I apologize. Uh, one of the biggest things you got to do with kids is you got to get them out of their shell. You know what I mean? Um, like I had, uh, you know, uh, who the hell was, who was it? One of my friends, I'm, I'm trying to do this because I don't like talking about people in my life. Whatever. Somebody I knew came down. They were only in, in their, uh, I guess right around the high school age and they came down to New York and I immediately, first thing I did, I made, made him like hail a cab Walk into a bodega. I'd show them how it worked. If you fucking get a paper, you don't have to stand in line. Just put a quarter down and just hold it up and say post or whatever, daily news. You know, just and got them immediately acclimated into speaking up and interacting with the fucking city. And the person within like, you know, two days had that shit down and was like, oh man, I feel like a New Yorker. And like, that, that's what you have to do with kids. You got to get them... Um, you can't have those kids that hide behind your fucking leg when, when um, the, you know, you're meeting someone. This is Mr. So-and-so and they're hiding behind your leg. You can't have that. You got it from fucking day one. Get them out there, shake hands, look people in the eye, talk. And you, I don't know how to do it because I never had a kid. But I think it's really important to have – to get your kid in tune with what he or she is thinking and what he or she wants. Nobody wants that situation. Um, and if this woman is the way you're painting her out to be, this is the only type of person because she's so fucking insecure that she can actually be with. That she have to find somebody so weak that um, that person can allow them to just completely take over their lives. And I'll tell you what's funny is after a while, these controlling type of fucking people, they end up hating the person that they're with. They do because they just don't respect them after a while. You know what I mean? They finally got exactly what they wanted, this person that they can use like a fucking robot, and then in the end, they don't respect them. So, um, I don't know what I would... Um, you know what, dude? This is a childhood friend. I could tell you really wanted the guy back. He, he, take a shot. Taking it back. Um, don't say that she's ugly. Don't mention her herpes. It's just be like... I mean, dude, I, I, you're literally trying to undo this guy's hard drive at this point. If this guy's self-esteem is this fucking low. This is, you know, this is like why the Dr. Phil show sucks. It's because somebody's going to come in here. Now, this is like, you're talking, this guy, I'm guessing, is at least in 25 years old. You're talking about a quarter of a century of thinking one way. And then you watch Dr. Phil and be like, you got to stick up for yourself. If you want to go out with your friends, you got to tell her. All right, we're going to commercial. And like, it doesn't work like that. And also on Dr. Phil's show, he would never do that because he would actually be supporting the fucking guy. Okay, and at the end of the day, it's a goddamn business. And who watches that show but a bunch of broads? Um, yet you somehow know something about it, don't you, Bill? Well, I, I live with a woman. She doesn't watch him anymore. I just kept, make funning, make, kept making fun of how, how Dr. Phil looks like a crooked cop. Um, I don't know. He just, I, that guy just not look trustworthy to me at all. Um, I, I mean, you know, I'm just judging him. 
You know, the same way people judge me. It's all fair. It's all fair in love and war. All right, that's the podcast for this week, everybody. Uh, I'm actually going to go to a sports bar here and watch the Islanders. I'm becoming a fucking Islanders fan. I've been watching them lately. They're turning the corner. I hated them when they were a kid just because they were awesome. And every time the Bruins would get the, the one time. And we, we never got past the Canadians back in the day. The, uh, if we somehow lucked out and somebody else beat the Canadians. This is pre-1988. We basically owned the fucking Canadians since 1988. I hope you guys realize that in Montreal. You guys have not been a fucking factor <clears throat> in our lives since 1988. It's been great. It's been a wonderful 25 years. I know what you guys are saying. Oh, we beat you in this playoff series, beat you in that playoff series. Hey, that shit's going to happen. We used to never beat you. All right? Good luck with your rebuilding. I'm just fucking with you. I actually like what you guys are doing up there. Um, Okay. What am I talking about here? That's the podcast for this week. Uh, Anything I have to announce? I'm at the Wilbur Theater this weekend. Thank you, everybody, for buying the tickets. I'm going to try to give you a heck of a show. Go fuck yourselves. Don't take any shit. And if you're in a relationship like that, uh, last guy, you need to get out of it. You should be allowed to have friends and go out and see the meteors crashing into Earth. All right. See you next week. Toyota, everybody, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. A workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced technology to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with new available technology this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales events deals when you visit buyatoyota.com Toyota 
Let's go places.